Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero film and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten forever, or out in the world for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. My name's Arnaldo, I'm your host, and I'm joined as always with... Berto, co-host. Cool. We are done with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, finally. We watched four Turtles movies from... The very early 90s through uh, 2007 with that fourth one, TMNT. Those were so much fun. One of my favorite things ever is Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so. we do have two more like just later down the line. It's like a different franchise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's disconnected. We're not going to do two more right now. No. So Just like we won't do like 20 X-Men movies in a row. Correct. Even though that might be fun. <laughs> no. I don't think 20 of anything in a row is fun. <laughs> so before we get started properly, I always forget, we are on Twitch. We live stream these episodes as we record them. So a perk of being on Twitch watching this is that we take breaks. We talk about what we're doing, what we're drinking, what we've done, what Kaya the dog is doing. We also mess up a lot. So keep that in mind. That's stuff that gets polished and edited later. So if you join us on Twitch, you know, we might burp. Yeah, <laughs> we might stop have dinner, so uh, that's just kind of part of the process. Stumble over our words a few times. Yeah, absolutely. But if you uh, enjoy these episodes and you want to be a part of them, you want to talk to us while we're recording it. Um, maybe that makes it into the final episode. That's how you do it. It's Twitch.tv/slash/filmsfrompz. Anyway, cool. Well, let's get right into it. Berto, what movie are we watching today? Dragon Ball Evolution. Also, this is interesting. We had a set of rules on how we pick what movie we're watching, right? Right. It had to be, number one, a comic book superhero movie. Number two, had to be a failed franchise. And we defined one of those as like one that's out of business. Basically, they're not making any more of them. Someone said, no more. (laughs) Like, we're done. And number three is if the reason why they're not making any more of them is because they ended on their own terms. They wanted to make three movies and they successfully made three movies. Or they set out to just make one movie. And they're like, we have no intention of making a sequel then that's a success. Right. Right. They didn't get canceled, basically. What if um, it's like a commercial failure? Well, most of those never intend on making one movie, though. You know what I mean? Sure, they but, always have, like, sequel bait at the end. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this. Um, <laughs> There's a post credit scene. Exactly. <laughs> so I basically made a list, and I was like, all right, English language movies based on comic books, right? That list that I found was American comic books. So it left out English language movies based on any other comic book, like Japanese mangas, right? right. I'm the guy that knows very little about anime and manga, manga, anime, whatever. However, so it's don't, pronounced. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not what we it's, do here. Mispronunciations are not intentional. This isn't who we are. But <laughs> we do watch a lot of movies, though. So. so having said that, we look through all of those, and there's like 15 more movies we can do that are... English language, because I don't, I don't really want to sit through like subtitles, and there's a lot of shit that gets made in other countries based yeah. on comics. I don't want to do any of that. So English language, there's a couple on like an Italian comic, which was like Dylan Dog. There's also like six or seven or so anime-based English language movies, uh, and that's where we are or, here, yeah, basically. It's anime, manga, like Sorry, it's yeah, originally yeah. It's, like a comic, so a comic it book. falls into our yeah. category. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know, a manga is a Japanese comic book. And you read it from right to left. Right, because they translate just the words, not the way that they read right to left. Although I've read some where they go through the painstaking process of, like, flipping it all. Ooh, that's got to be a pain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Someone just sitting there with, like, an editor, just, fuck. And then an anime is a Japanese cartoon. Yeah. It's really all there is to it. 
people will break down like all the different things that make an anime an anime, but usually it's just cultural things. Like for them, it's just animation. Yeah. You know, from our point of view, it's like, oh yeah, usually they have these attributes, but that's just a product. From of them, it's just culture. like, it's just cartoons that we made. Exactly. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Evolution, it's the movie that's <laughs> kind of not that well known. It was very quickly forgotten about. It was already put in the Phantom Zone before we ever came close to it. And like the people that do know it, know it as a terrible movie. Right. That should be forgotten. Or should it? It should. But... Or should it? <laughs> Let's keep them in suspense, man. What are you doing? Or should it? Real quick, I thought we could do a background on Dragon Ball for those that don't know. If you don't know what Dragon Ball is, it is likely because you are not a boy. That who, grew up in the 90s. That grew up in middle school around the mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. When, late 90s. When, when the second dub of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z was coming out oh, here in the okay, States. Yeah. That's when it got really exploded in popularity. Well, that's when we started getting all the video games, all the yeah. everything. The TV movies on Toonami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but specifically, you basically had to be a, a boy. This is not tailored for girls. No. At all. Definitely not. And that's kind of interesting that uh, maybe it's a Japanese thing. Because here in the States, like, our cartoons, they at least try. Like, things that are very boyish, like Transformers... Or, like, G.I. Joe. They'll insert some female characters and they'll kind of try to sell a toy there to, like, a girl. But for the yeah. most part, like, I watch some Dragon Ball and I'm like, none of this. No, they throw in female girls. characters to be, like, sex objects. A- absolutely. And is that a cultural <laughs> thing? I think they're just more... Or is it a product of the times? So, I was reading a little bit about Dragon Ball. It is the best-selling manga series in history. Oh. I <laughs> so... believe that, actually. And I read something else that I don't know if I'm going to find here... Is it that it's based on, like, the Journey to the West? Yeah. Loosely? Very loosely. Yeah. Which is a Chinese kind of folk tale. Like a mythology type yeah. thing? About, yeah. Uh, about the Monkey King. With he has the a monkey tail and he has a staff and a magic cloud that he flies. Yeah. There's those... actually been a lot of, like, media that's basically interpreted that story into something else. Yeah. Actually, the same year this movie came out, um, there was a movie called The Forbidden Kingdom. And it's with a, Jackie Chan and... With Jackie uh, Chan and... Jet Li. Jet Li, yes. It's a mythological kung fu flick that was pretty good. I saw it's, it. It's a fun movie. And it's it's a little cheesy at times, but... I mean, compared to this, <laughs> like, compared to what? <laughs> Dragon Ball is also one of... I mean, this doesn't really mean anything. It says it's one of the highest grossing media franchises of all time. Sure, but I mean, like, in what... Well, that's taking into... It says one of. So you've got, like... Marvel, Batman, Pokemon, Harry Potter, Pokemon. Pokemon might be the highest. Yeah. Actually. There's a lot of home media. This movie, which. Yeah, there's home media, there's video games, there's, there's video games, there's action figures. Yeah. All kinds of shit, right? So the manga Dragon Ball is from 1984. And then the TV show, the anime, started, I think, in 86. Yeah, 86. Oh, they wasted no time adapting that. So that's another thing about anime is that a lot of times they are. They're very closely adapting the source material. (sighs) So much so that you could call them both the source material. It's almost like novelization. Like, that's how close they are. There are a few instances where, like, say the anime gets ahead. So they have to start either create a bunch of, like, filler arcs, which a lot of people hate. Or they kind of... Slow it down. Yeah. Or they change the story. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist actually did that. Where there's an original series just called Full Metal Alchemist. And it got ahead of the... Manga, manga, if someone wants to correct me, feel free. They got ahead, and they basically changed the story. After the manga finished, they released a new anime series of Full Metal Alchemist called Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood that more closely follows 
the source material. So there's a few um, instances where the anime is not like a direct adaptation. Yeah. But I think it's safe to say most of the time it is. In Dragon Ball, it's it's very close. It's like one-to-one most of the time. The problem with Dragon Ball Z is that it got ahead of the comic, of the manga. Yeah. And a lot of people's like chief complaints about Dragon Ball Z is that there are times where they spend an entire episode just kind of like screaming at each other, quote-unquote. Or monologuing in up. their heads. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it does take a lot of time to the point where they remastered the series in like two-thirds of the episodes because they cut all that stuff down. It's called like Dragon Ball Z Kai? Kai. It's still yeah. called Dragon Ball Kai. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will say if you want to rewatch Dragon Ball Z, that's kind of the way to do it. But Otherwise, if you're going to watch it for the first time, watch the original. I don't know. Most people will say watch Dragon Ball Z Kai or Dragon Ball Kai. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And then if you want those filler episodes, go find them. Because right. some of the filler episodes are fun. No, They're just kind of like... Sometimes I like filler because sometimes it actually fills in some backstory for characters and stuff. Sure. And it's kind of a nice distraction... Yeah. Like, it breaks up a lot of, like, the crazy That way it's not too fast-paced, because those plots, like, if you cut out, like, the parts where they're just sitting there screaming at each other, they move at, like, a breakneck pace. Well, we're going to kind of get to it, because I did want to talk a little bit about um, what this movie is sort of based on, which is kind of an arc in Dragon Ball. Mm. Something that we didn't mention, sorry, Dragon Ball Evolution, this film from 2009, is not really available anywhere. It's been buried pretty well. I rented it for, like, two ninety nine, I think. I was looking through my digital library, and turns out I already owned it. What a loser. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Your secret I fan really over don't. here. <laughs> no, I don't like this movie. Spoiler. This is one of those things where, like, if you really like the source material, you kind of have to. You have to see it. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's like, like I, I had to like watch Last, Last Airbender. Airbender. Yeah. yeah there's gonna be I a hate lot of, it. There's going to be a lot of parallels, I think, yeah. between these two. I hate it, too, but you kind of have to watch it if you're a fan. And it's unfortunate that we can't talk about that movie on this podcast. It's not based on a comic, yeah. No. It's based on a cartoon. (sighs) Maybe a bonus episode. Maybe that's coming. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, guys, if you want to watch the film and then listen to us kind of talk about it, hey, you can do that. So just to finish up, we were talking about Dragon Ball. The series, or the the manga, the whole thing is just called Dragon Ball. Uh, It got broken down into two series, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball follows the story of a young boy named Goku. He is canonically probably like 11. It's hard to find. I think he's 16, but he looks like he's no. a little boy. So right? actually, there are some points where I can tell you what his age is. So I think by the beginning, he's about 11 and Bulma is about like 16. Okay. So it's a little boy named Goku. Uh, he's raised by his grandfather named Gohan. But by the time we meet him, he lives alone because his grandfather died. He lives alone in the woods. Kind of an older girl named Bulma finds him. Uh, she's looking for Dragon Balls. They run into each other. He's never seen a girl before in his life. He's only ever seen his grandpa. And he's just kind of this cute, innocent, happy boy who's trained to fight uh, and is unnaturally strong. Right. <laughs> she wants to find the Dragon Balls. And he thinks he has one of them. He thinks that's his grandfather because it's the last thing he has of his grandfather. Right. And they decide to go on an adventure together to find the rest of the Dragon Balls because she tells him that by uniting all seven Dragon Balls, you get to make a wish. So they go on this kind of huge sprawling adventure. They meet a ton of characters along the way. And then they, he starts training to be a martial artist more properly with Master Roshi, the pervy turtle yeah, hermit. Very much a perv. <laughs> At some point, they join the World Martial Arts Tournament, which happens every three years, I think. Okay. So they fight in this tournament, um, even though they're clearly like the best. But it also attracts like some villains that want to find like the best fighters also. To that point, you're about his age. By like the second or third tournament, he still is drawn the same, but he is canonically 15. Okay. They mention. 
by the time that he's fighting Piccolo, who is the main anta- antagonist, antagonist of this film. And uh, of the series, right? Or oh, he's one of. Like season four, dude. Okay. They do five seasons in this movie. It's crazy. <laughs> so by the time we meet Piccolo, he's 15. And then Piccolo dies. Spoiler. He actually <laughs> lays an egg and creates an offspring of himself, right? Named Piccolo. Also named Piccolo. Or they call him Piccolo Jr. at first. So <laughs> Goku goes to train for three years, knowing that Piccolo is going to show up one day. There's a three-year time jump. And then he's drawn as like an adult because he's 18. It's he like he, he hits puberty, like he hits puberty, and like goes like through gro- it in like well, a second. It's, it's funny because in the show they comment on his growth spurt. Yeah, <laughs> because like all of a sudden he looks like a grown man. Yeah, like he's tall and played by a different actor and everything. And he looks like the Goku that everybody pictures he, when they see Goku. At this yeah, point. he looks like the Dragon Ball Z Goku. Yeah. So by that point he's canonically eighteen when he meets Chi Chi, and then they get married, and then Dragon Ball Z starts after that point. Uh, so he's still pretty young around Dragon Ball Z. But and we're gonna get a little bit more about uh, what happens in the source material with Piccolo, because it's a lot, you know. And yeah. and I think one of the things that makes Dragon Ball really good is that they really take their time developing like these big sagas, these like chunks of episodes. Well, that's how most anime are. That's it, how it should be. Yeah, because there's so many little nuances along the way. Whereas in this, it's just kind of like we're gonna squeeze it all into one movie, a and, very short movie. Yeah, too. and Piccolo's really not gonna have a lot of screen time and. Oh, well, like, <laughs> did you watch any Dragon Ball? When I was younger. Or recently? Not recently. I just watched three episodes and I was, <laughs> I thought I was going to like it a lot less. And three episodes in, I'm like, this is a lot of fun. I kind of want to keep watching. <laughs> and not like last time when I said, oh, I'm going to watch some of these uh, Ninja Turtle cartoons. And I didn't really. Right. Like, I might actually watch more Dragon well, Ball. Well, Dragon Ball, is, first off, is still ongoing to this day. It, it is. They're making, they made a new series. Um, after like two decades. Quite a hiatus there, but it, it is still an ongoing uh, story. But uh, the original series, it's like timeless, classic, like adventure stories. Yeah. It feels like. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of specific things in it that might not have aged well, mostly from like yep. a politically <laughs> correct standpoint. Yep. But the story itself, there's a lot of solid stuff in there. Oh, yeah. And there's and a reason why so many people love it. So specifically, there's a couple really pervy things. <laughs> Um, in the first few episodes. And if I want to just to get Almost into it. Almost like immediately. Oh, right off the bat. Episode one, you see Goku's penis a lot. There was a little bit of controversy about like the little bit of nudity in this show that is kind of like probably for kids. And then the creators were basically like, we don't want to censor Goku because Americans are less comfortable with nudity. Right. And have to like see it as a sexual thing. No, when for us, he's it's just like he's like an innocent little boy running he, around. Exactly. Like it doesn't matter. And it's maybe kind of funny for them to like just, you know, that his little dick is out for <laughs> two episodes, basically. Yeah. But then later on, there's a part where Bulma is like giving him a bath, which is also super innocent enough because he's a little boy and she's more of an a closer to like a grown adult. Right. Um, and he doesn't know how to bathe himself because he's just been living in the woods this whole time. And so she helps him out and they kind of have some jokes there, but it's not weird or pervy or anything like that. It's later that he tries to like sleep in bed with her again, not in a weird way. He's just like, it's comfortable up there. Right. He doesn't know these kind of customs or whatever. And then he like lays on top of her and he's like, that's weird. He's expecting her to have like balls. Right. Like a penis. And so he just like takes her panties off and is mortified by the fact that she doesn't have balls. Right. And he goes, you don't have any balls. And she just assumes that someone stole the dragon balls. So she starts freaking out. And then so. It's a funny situation. Well, it gets weirder because then after that, 
she never changes out of her pajamas, which is kind of like a like a long T-shirt type situation. Yeah. And she's unaware that she's not wearing panties at this point. And then they meet Master Roshi, who we see in this movie, and he's kind of like a pervy character. And basically, he has a Dragon Ball, and she's like, well, can I have that Dragon Ball? What would you want in return? And she goes, taking advantage of his pervy nature, she's like, all right, what if I flash you my panties? Then you'll give me the dragon and ball. And he's right? like, all right. He's like, all right, sure, why not? And he, she goes to like pull her shirt up, completely unaware that her panties have been unremoved, and just like you know, flashes <laughs> him her vagina at probably fifteen years old. Yeah, and it's just a a hilarious gag in this show. And later on, she realizes what she's done. Now, in fairness, there's like no more humor. There, like, there's, there's a, a few. There's a, there's a little a few more. So later on, there's a gag in her uh, with in the bunny outfit. Yeah, then... where she basically there's another pervy character, and she needs like a, new, a change of clothes, and he's like, "This is all I got," and it's like a Playboy bunny outfit, and so they put her in that for like four episodes. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there's another part where they're fighting in the tournament, and Gohan's fighting an invisible guy, and like you know they're all watching, like Master Roshi's like in the stands watching. So Krillin pulls down Bulma's shirt to expose her boobs. So Master Roshi nosebleeds on the invisible guy so Goku can see him That's a lot. kick his ass. That's that's a bit of a stretch, probably. Oh, no, Kaya, we're not playing, honey. I'm 100% certain that the writer is a bit perverted, but... But, And here's the thing, though. We have to also look at this through a couple of filters, I guess. On the one hand, this might be a product of its time. And in the 80s, even in in the States, we thought different things were funny. That's true. You know? But also, there's a cultural divide here. Like, Oh, they're a lot what, more comfortable with sex. And they think it's funnier than we do. Yeah. By a lot. They think, like, sexual perversions are hilarious over there. And I'm not saying they're perverted. I'm saying that's what they find funny. Like, yeah. we find poop humor to be funnier. And or they, violence for some reason. Or Yeah, or gross violence. Yeah, exactly. Mortal Kombat. Where they think it's kind of sexual perversion that's just the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple things there. So it's hard for us to make any judgments on like what's inappropriate and what's not okay and what's gross and pervy. But, and you kind of have to like take it with a grain of salt, basically. Yeah. There was little of that in this movie, though. So, <laughs> well, yeah, this is a, is it PG or PG 13? This movie is very light on the violence. Very light on the violence and very light on the sexual content. So. Yeah. It's very light on the Dragon Ball, let's just say that. It's, it's very it's very light on everything. It's very light on the source material. Anyway, let's, yeah. just get, let's just get right into the plot. Gohan, in a voiceover, explains that in a time before many could remember, Piccolo came to Earth with his disciple Uzaru and lay waste to the Earth until a group of warriors casted an enchantment to imprison him. Uzaru was never seen again. So this is how you piss off your fans, like, within seconds, is that you, like, rewrite the entire... Origin lore of Dragon Ball. Yeah, it's just different. <laughs> and for almost no and sake, like, yeah. There's enough similarities to where you're like, hey, I kind of remember that, but it's also different enough to where, like, that's not right. For someone who's never seen Dragon Ball, there's a huge spoiler in the first three seconds, and it's this character that is now named Uzaru, which is the great ape, is what they call it. Yeah. Which is uh, what Goku transforms. Goku and and other members of his race, the Saiyans, because he's an alien, he just doesn't know it right now, are like werewolves, basically. And in a full moon, instead of turning into a wolf, they turn into like this King Kong-sized monster. Is it like a full moon or is it like a certain... Because if it was full moon, it'd be like every month they'd be turning into like yeah, a giant. Yeah, it, it happens every month. Okay. Yeah, 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 in the anime. He has to look at the full moon. 
That's, I'm yeah. remembering it now. So if, as long as he stays in that night, he's fine. But if he looks um, up at the moon, he like he's like, oh. And yeah, he and he transforms into like a and King Kong-sized gorilla. And he kind of like loses himself. Absolutely. Like he has yeah. no idea what he's doing and in he, this form. Yeah, yeah. He's a, it's a werewolf. Yeah. But it's a, it's a were-King Kong is but, what it is. And if they get their tail cut off, they turn back normal. Correct, yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's kind of a huge spoiler because I'm like, they just showed the character that should kind of be the third act surprise. Yeah. You know? And also they made him like a disciple of Piccolo when really these characters haven't met. And that might be like a nitpick. They don't really have a connection either. They shouldn't. But they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't have a connection. And yeah. that leads to a huge plot hole later on. But let's let's just keep on going. We join Gohan training his grandson Goku. He teaches him that his senses are overrated. This movie's overrated. Uh, and that he must learn to use his key. Goku is frustrated about not being able to use his key. And also because he is not popular at school. He gets bullied and has to suppress his urges to fight the bullies he knows he can easily defeat. Gohan gifts him the four-star Dragon Ball and explains them to him. If the seven Dragon Balls are found, the Keeper may be granted a wish. Goku looks disappointed in receiving such a lame gift. <laughs> Why is Goku such a fucking brat in this movie? Because he's in high school and that's how they are. <sighs> it just kind of gets me that, like, I get that he's, like, frustrated about whatever. When his grandfather gives him, like, this very treasured gift, he's like, this is the best thing I own in my life. Yeah. Goku's just like, meh, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> like, whatever. And, um... To his credit, he does, like, keep it with him. I don't think he takes it to the party. He does. Oh, I guess he does. Yeah, you're right. You're I don't right. know why, but think, he does. I think he does it for luck. I think that's what he thinks of it. It's like, it's like is, a lucky charm. This is like a hokey, like... Maybe I'll get laid if I have this in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. like a... What are they called? Like a little Buddha statue. Like, people keep those for luck, you know? I think oh, that's yeah. what he thought this was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Goku in this movie also seems to suffer from the... Um, the weird Peter Parker syndrome that yep. Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. has in yep. the old Spider-Man movie where you look at this guy and it's like there's no reason to like outright hate him. But for some but reason, everybody hates him. Uh, he goes to school. He gets his fucking bike run over and like, he gets bullied immediately. Yeah. This whole first act suffers from a Spider-Man complex. It's like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. We can compile a list of films now that are direct answers to Spider-Man and how closely... They're trying to be Sam Raimi Spider-Man, right? We've already watched like four of them. And this is no different. Everyone it's... in high school looks like they're about 20-something. <laughs> yeah. No, the similarities are totally uncanny. This film is also distributed by 20th Century Fox. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, look, make it like Spider-Man and we'll give you the money. You know what I'm saying? That was Sony. But Fox was trying to compete is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Because they Why did. did they make it like X-Men? They did Daredevil. Uh, which is very similar to, like, in, in certain spots, it's very similar to Spider-Man. Yeah. Ghost Rider was clearly, like, oh, it, it followed that same Spider-Man formula. This is, to a T, the first act of Spider-Man. Yeah. Almost to the point where I'm like, this doesn't even look like Dragon Ball anymore. They, they've changed so much that I'm like, you're clearly just trying to make Spider-Man and just swap out the characters with mm-hmm. Dragon Ball characters. They do. But you're ignoring everything about Dragon Ball. They do a few cool things that do give me kind of like a Dragon Ball feel to it. And it's the way they present like their futuristic tech. You know, like these cars aren't yes. quite like yeah. regular cars. Yeah, we're going to get like, to that. But there's I something different agree. about them. But that I liked. Not really anything else. I think I have two things I like about this movie. I like that the <laughs> that the guns like have to charge up. Little mm-hmm. things like that. Little futuristic little things. Yeah. yeah. The action is already like god awful. They have a little like sparring match on top of a oh, set the- of ropes. Like a balancing yeah. thing. 
Uh, and it's like, already knocks really a bad. Bug into his grandpa's mouth. Yeah, it's really quick cut. A lot of zooms. Slow a lot motion. of like, there's some like wire work here, and there's some effects. Mm. And you can tell the one that they were like, some of these look good, so we'll put them in camera. Some of them don't look good. So zoom into his feet hitting the ground. Yeah, zoom so instead into, of doing like, something that looks good, we'll just do cover this. it up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's a fucking brat, Goku, because. Toby Maguire's Peter Parker is a fucking brat. That's why it's such a departure from the anime where he's a very happy, innocent boy with a very like positive outlook on life. Yeah, and stuff, even when bad things happen, that's been kind of criticized a little bit. Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z for making Goku like the Superman character, but that's what it is. He's a Superman character. He's he, the anime version of Superman. Yeah, he's very clear cut on his morals and his ethics, and he knows what the right thing to do. He and always he, does the right thing. He is an idiot, though. He is like he's like actually dumb, kind of ignorant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's at least uh, what's the word? Um, naive. He's very naive. He, yes, he. Yeah. There's a few times in the series where he nearly causes the end of the world because he wants to <laughs> get stronger and test his power. Okay, yeah, I think I remember that. <laughs> hey, let's let's have a tournament, and if we lose, you can kill us all. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he. I remember that. The cell saga. The cell saga. He gets very arrogant <laughs> on an airship. Piccolo and his servant, Mai, fly over a village. Piccolo drops an energy ball and destroys it. There, Mai searches the village for a dragon ball. We're eight minutes in and I have so many questions, by the way. It is mentioned at the beginning of the movie that he was imprisoned by these, like, warlocks, warriors. Right. And, like, this big ornate vase. Yeah. Right? It kind of reminded me of the whole, like, when you imprison, like, a genie or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Basically. There's no mention of how he escapes at all. We don't know what no, how he's, he's just there. out. How did he acquire this airship? Why does nobody know about this? Why why isn't this flagging any radars? And he's like orbital bombing villages. <laughs> no one seems to bat an eyelash. How, how does he, he know where the dragon, where the dragon balls, balls are? He doesn't have a fucking radar that Bulma invented yeah. for him. Uh, and and who's Mai? Like I know who Mai is because they took her from this anime, sort of. She's a character who is like a henchman for a different bad guy. <laughs> who looks nothing like this character. She's not... She's Is she part of the Red Ribbon Army? No, she's um Emperor Pilaf's okay. agent, is what they yeah. call her. Uh, and they are... That's unrelated to Piccolo, like, completely. Yes. They're very comically inept characters. Right. Uh, they're like, you know, uh, Emperor Pilaf and his two goons are like uh, Wile E. Coyote or Team Rocket. Like, they're always just kind of getting, like... Uh, foiled <laughs> in very like funny ways and then they keep on coming back with more antics to like take over the world so i guess just to give him like a sidekick they're like oh let's in name only take this like very inept character and make her like a badass but like how it's did not they explain meet? who the fuck she is, is she's she? just there did doing she, things did for she him. get him out like i feel like we're missing a scene here which we probably are in fairness something probably got cut this yeah. movie's an hour and 20 minutes or something like it was that. probably chopped to shit yeah <laughs> and the other thing is the vase thing in the com- in the um I keep wanting to say in the comics in the anime it's a rice cooker. <laughs> you could say the comics too. Sure, it's a like an electric rice cooker because a lot of Dragon Ball is just really silly for like the sake of being silly. Yeah, like it's just making fun of kind of all these really overly sad and you know serious shows and and stuff. It's almost satirical in certain yeah. ways. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that this is going back to, like, oh, we're going to take ourselves really seriously, which is that's what Dragon Ball was making fun of. Like, they didn't put him in an ornate lamp, like Aladdin. Yeah. You know, they put him in a fucking rice cooker because <laughs> that's what they had lying because around. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's practical and it's funny. Okay. At Unitech High School, 
Goku's bike gets run over by Carrie Fuller, a bully. He challenges Goku to a fight, and Goku restrains himself. Goku likes Chi-Chi, the bully's girlfriend, and daydreams about her in class. The teacher asks Goku what the solar eclipse meant to their ancestor, and when he answers it means the coming of the Namics, an alien race who nearly destroyed the Earth 2,000 years ago, the whole class laughs at him. Alright, so this whole sequence of events is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, the Flash Thompson fight, Yep. and uh, Transformers when Shia LaBeouf goes crazy in class. A little bit of that, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. That's probably what this is. Also, Goku's a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, my grandpa believes in these aliens. They're gonna kill, yeah. kill us. I mean, he's he's right. Turns out, but like, sure. It's you, also you it's gotta also, know how that sounds. It's also a super oversimplification, which I'm totally fine with. Right. Because in the series, they explain this over like they explain it two seasons of Dragon Ball. And they like, explain it almost too much, and like two seasons of Dragon Ball Z too. Yeah. About, like, the Piccolo N- Namekians? Yeah, I think they're just Namics. Namics. Who live on planet Namek. That'd be like being a human that lives on the planet. I human. know. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Piccolo's a Namek, but he's kind of a lone wolf type deal. He doesn't represent the rest of the Namics. They're, yeah. they're mostly, like, benevolent Yeah, they're, like, aliens. peaceful people. Yeah. And he's only evil because the original Piccolo, whose name we don't even know anymore, the original Namek split his soul into two to separate the good from the bad because he wanted to be the protector of earth so the evil which is a horrible idea so basically he you, cast away you a create very an evil version of yourself so you could yeah who wants nothing but like destruction and Jeez. like murder and so that's the villain that goku has to deal with for yeah. like two seasons and they kind of treat him more as like a demon than an alien in the series they yeah call him like well, the demon king piccolo that's well again because he's pure evil yeah that's why yeah, so uh, later on, I'm going to get into how this makes no sense scientifically either because it's a full moon, like this whole movie, and yet there's a solar eclipse coming. Those don't happen at the same time. So <laughs> Goku sees Chi-Chi having trouble opening her locker and tries again to use his key to open it. He blows open every locker and Chi-Chi notices him, understanding <laughs> Key herself. He makes a fool of himself and she invites him to her party that night. I don't hate this scene. I think you only like it because it's Spider-Man. <laughs> Because it's so Spider-Man and it's fine. If this it's one was... of the better aspects of like a Spider-Man. Sure, exactly. And if this wasn't so clearly ripped off of Spider-Man, I'd mm-hmm. be like, yeah, this is this is fun. But when I see this, I only see this is Spider-Man at the expense of Dragon Ball. Because these characters are exact opposite of the work yeah. they were in the in the source material. Chi Chi is like always been in love with Goku. Always. And Goku doesn't even notice (laughs) well he was he was too young to really understand what the hell that even is and even later when they meet again when he's young he's like oh yeah we can be married that's fine yeah we'll be betrothed what's what's married he doesn't know yeah and then like many years later when they're adults they run into each other again and she's mad at him for not remembering her and someone has to explain to him be like you told her that you guys were gonna get married that means like you're lovers now and he's like Oh shit! I don't know. That's how that worked. Like, I don't actually like her, even though he she kind of like coerces him into like getting married for so real. So their marriage is a sham. I mean, they seem to be happy later on in Dragon Ball Z. I but... think Goku's just happy with anything. But I think it would just be more interesting because it's not something we've seen a goddamn million times, right? If it's him, who's yeah. What not if the... she was pining for him and he just doesn't notice and he's like, okay, and she's trying to flirt with him and he's just so like unaware. I think that'd be more interesting because it's not something we see as often. It also makes it for some funny, awkward scene. Like, I like this awkward scene, but it might be because it's Spider-Man. Like, why not have her be like, oh, like, do you want to come to my party tonight? Like, I'll be there and I'm wearing blah, blah, blah. And, she, and he's like, I'm busy tonight and walks away. You know what I mean? Like, it's my birthday. 
<laughs> it's my birthday. I can't. See why it. not? Why not do that? That's at least closer to like the yeah. characters, you know. So this scene also has something referring to like kind of like the technology in this world, where like their lockers they have to open it with swipe cards. Yeah, Dragon Ball takes place in. It's technically in. It's like a Star Wars situation. It takes place in the past. But it's also more the, the people are more technologically advanced. Yeah, so it's very futuristic. All the things that they have, and I like the aesthetic of it. You know, like the whole like oh, swiping a card to open your locker. That's something that I could see being something in the future. That's why I like holographic desks with yeah. like basically like iPod pads built in and stuff like that, like yeah. computer desks. Like stuff and... like those little details are actually kind of cool because they do kind of remind me of the world of Dragon Ball. Yeah, loosely. Oh yeah, 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 and and we'll see a little bit more of that later when we meet Bulma. But um, oh, we'll see a lot of it, yeah, with the whole capsule core yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that shit's cool. That's like the only cool thing in this movie. I know. <laughs> okay, Goku leaves for the party despite Gohan preparing him a feast and a birthday cake for Goku. At the party, the bullies try to stop Giku. That's what they call him. It's very Spider-Man from entering and threaten to beat him up. Goku doesn't back down this time, but also honoring his grandfather's wishes, doesn't fight back. He dodges every punch until the bullies beat themselves up and does the same with Fuller, who destroys his car with a metal rod. Here's a Flash Thompson fight again. It's literally the same thing. To the point where, like, yeah, the same way he dodges it almost the same way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, why are there so many just rods lying around? Like, it wasn't a tire iron. It wasn't a crowbar. It wasn't a a baseball bat. For a second, it looked like the thing you'd use to, like, stoke a fire. Exactly. And there's two of them out in the driveway of that house. It's just a prop that they is, had there conveniently. Well, isn't it revealed that Chi Chi actually like trains and stuff? Maybe they are actual weapons. I don't think so. They looked, look like it just looked like a metal rod. It's like, weird. It's like a, a weird thing. Rebar. Rebar. Thank you. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, how stupid is everyone? Like Fuller's like, all right, I'm gonna hit you with this thing with my own car right behind you. <laughs> And then he continues to do so he after it, he hits this car he, the first time. He does it until the car literally blows up. <laughs> Which is a little funny. But for a gag, it's fine. Yeah. And honestly, this is the peak of the action in this movie. Is this scene. It was actually done pretty well. There's some good stunts here where he's dodging all the punches. He does a weird like he swipes over the car. With his head. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of slow-mo. Like, this is the one part where I think they focus most of the choreography on, because there is no yeah. more after this. Can we talk about how Goku just leaves for the party without telling his grandpa anything? Yeah. He doesn't say, like, hey, I got invited to a party. Nothing like that. He's just, I'm going to sneak out of the house? Yeah. You kind of feel bad, because Gohan had a whole feast. He had, like, it he roasting duck. It didn't look that good. I think it was kind of a joke, though. Yeah. Is he that... was, like, <laughs> sucking on, like, a chicken's foot and stuff. Yeah. The cake looked good. Sure, Yeah. It's yeah. Uncle Ben. Oh, yeah. Because it, it is because he, uh, he, he he lets him down. The one time he lets him down, yep. he dies. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, he dies in the next scene. But <laughs> yeah. you know, he let him down. He wasn't there on time. You know, he had this this thing with his birthday. And in the comic, God, in the fucking anime, Grandpa Gohan is already dead. We never Goku see, killed him. We only see Grandpa <laughs> Gohan in a, in like one or two flashbacks, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it. Yeah, because in the comic slash anime goku kills his grandpa by mistake when he turns into the yeah. great ape exactly yeah i think he accidentally squishes him is that what happens they, i don't know if they say it's just really implied because later on when you find out that go goku is like this werewolf type thing he goes my grandfather died on a full moon 
Uh, and he always told oh, me okay. never to look on the f- at the full moon. And that's all he said. And, and everyone, the one time he did, his grandpa died. Yeah. And no one said anything to him. They were all kind of like, ooh, sorry, dude. <laughs> like, that sucks. You killed your grandpa and you don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, that does suck. <laughs> uh, but it's at least interesting where this movie is. Again, this is something we've seen a million times. But. Yeah. At the party, Chi-Chi flirts with Goku, who mentions that his grandfather celebrates his birthday on the exact time every year, right now. And that he doesn't know his parents, but that Gohan will explain everything to him when he turns 18, also this exact moment. I just turned 18. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh no, like right now is my birthday. Like, we always celebrate at this exact time. And I'm not there with him because I and, decided and to come here. And it's right now. Also, Chi-Chi just seemed to, like, completely forget her boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, he's a bully. But, like, at that moment, there's no more mention of him anymore. Like, she's, like, instantly single. Okay. because he just beat himself up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should really feel horrible for standing up your grandfather on the most anticipated moment of his life. <laughs> Literally waiting for Goku to turn 18 and so he can explain him. He openly admits, he's like, oh, no, he's been, he was going to tell me, like, what my deal is, like, right now. I should probably not be here. Gohan is attacked by Mayan Piccolo, who realizes the Dragon Ball is not there. He hurts Gohan with telekinesis. And destroys his house also with telekinesis. I only say that because that is not a superpower that anyone in the Dragon Ball universe no, has. He's just like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Gohan explains to Goku that he must unite the seven Dragon Balls before the upcoming eclipse, and that he must find Master Roshi and tell him that Piccolo has returned. <laughs> so a lot more uh, prophecy bullshit, which is something that we've talked about before, is a trope that I do not like at all. <laughs> it's like a patch over bad writing, you know. Like, it happened because it has to. Exactly. Yeah. So, the solar eclipse is coming. And that's, for whatever reason, because I guess the prophecy, uh, that's when Piccolo is going to, like, do his worst, I guess. But later on, they say, like, oh, you have seven days. Solar eclipse is happening during new moons. And they keep showing a full moon. So, they would have two weeks. Okay. It kind of seems like a nitpick. And most people would say that's a nitpick. But I'm sure most people don't notice you could have just said 14 days. We have 14 days. You said seven days. Because what, it sounds more urgent. But what difference does it make? Like, 14 days is just as, you know, I don't know, anyway. Also, it seems like only Gohan was aware that this was going to happen. Like, he's been waiting for this day. He's like, oh, like, you need to unite the seven Dragon Balls because it's your destiny to stop Piccolo. Then why didn't you fucking do anything about it? You've just been sitting on one Dragon Ball content as hell your whole life. Yeah. He Go- Gohan didn't do shit. He's like, okay, I know we have only seven days left, but you actually have a lot of work to do that I could have maybe helped you with long ago. But you're 18 now, so it's your responsibility. <laughs> yeah, this is your responsibility. <laughs> the fact that Piccolo can just kind of do whatever he wants is a problem for me because there doesn't seem to be any logic behind... Uh, like, there's no in-universe logic to anything that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about, like, Marvel, like, they have to explain all their superpowers. No one just has random superpowers that they're like, oh, because plot. Boom, here I go. You know what I mean? Or like Harry Potter, they go through painstaking lengths to explain every spell. So you understand what spells work. And they have to learn the spells. Yeah. They don't just have them. Yeah. And then they all make sense within the logic created in the universe. Yeah. There's like a set of rules set specifically for like magic. Exactly. Yeah. Or abilities. yeah. Yeah. And that's why all those universes really work. Whereas here, Piccolo just has telekinesis because that's the best we could come up with. You know? Goku searches the ruins of his house and finds his grandfather's gi. That's like a, that's like ropes, like karate ropes. Yeah. He notices an intruder. Bulma points a gun at Goku, who is looking for her stolen Promethean orb with five stars on it. A cutaway shows Mai breaking into Capsule Corp and jetpacking away. 
I just stop right here because I had to stop the movie and be like, what the fuck did I just see? It was the most ridiculous, like, 10-second cutaway. It looked like a scene from Jason X. (laughs) They're, like, running down, like, a very futuristic-looking hallway. Yeah. Bulma's, like, dual-wielding pistols and, like... That she happened to have on her? Or what? Like, yeah, is she, like... Is she responding to this emergency? She shouldn't be. So she chases a very comical hole in the wall and starts shooting at Mai, who, like, stole the Dragon Ball. Right. And then Mai jetpacks away through a skylight. And she's like, fuck. So fucking bizarre. <laughs> it looked like a scene from a different movie. So anyway, Goku explains that this is his four-star Dragon Ball. She shows him her Dragon Ball radar, and the two agree to go off together to find the others. They set off in her capsule ATV. So... In the anime and in this too, obviously, she is like the heiress of a huge company. It's like Amazon or Google. Capsule Corp. Capsule Corp. And they specialize in putting things in tiny little capsules, which was like my dream as a kid. I'm like, this is the coolest shit in the world. That's still cool. That's amazing. Uh, So she has like these, like a little small container full of a bunch of capsules for different things. Mm -hmm. One is a giant, like one bedroom apartment that she can just put anywhere. Another (laughs) is like a car, a motorcycle. Whatever she probably needs, some like a refrigerator with a bunch of shit inside. Yeah, anything they they can put in a capsule. And in this, they in fairness, they, they I mean they show it, and it the, might be it's, it's fine. The capsule corp being like accurate and being cool, along with the futuristic stuff. That's one of my favorite things in this whole movie. Yeah. By the way, no, I thought that was seeing good. some of the capsule corp stuff is cool. It's kind of interesting what they chose to keep from the source material and what they chose to like abandon. Yeah. Because also the source material has a lot of um, prehistoric creatures that can talk. Yeah, they live on like Earth with dinosaurs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's supposed to be prehistoric. Yeah. And then they also have like talking animals, like anthropomorphic animals that wear clothes and stuff like that. Like the the pig guy. Oolong, who's a pig. Oolong, yep. Yeah. And then we meet a bunch of different kind of weird creatures too. They did away with that. <laughs> but they'll keep the capsules, I guess. Also, so she thinks that these things are called Promethean orbs, but she didn't know that there are multiple. She just learned this information, and yet she has a radar that she designed to find Promethean orbs or Dragon Balls. Maybe she did it to just see if there are more out there and look for them. But she didn't know until... Oh, she said this is like her theory. Yeah. She didn't know until... But she used that radar to find Goku in the first place. But she thought she was looking for the one that was taken from her. So why didn't she know that there was multiple when she built the damn radar then? She was theorizing that there was multiple. Uh, this just confirmed her. Th- this is the least but it's problematic th- thing in the movie. All right. I, to me, it's, I'm like, this is a plot hole. She's like, oh, my God, there's more of them. I knew it. Here's my radar to find more. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a scene where when when they're fighting. Yeah. Uh, Bulma and, and Goku. It plays out like one of those fights where, like, two people end up on the ground together with their guns very close to each other. Yeah. You know? But it only does that because she literally laid down to put her gun up to his neck. Did you notice that? He didn't hit her on the floor. Yeah. What, he was down. What a weird. <laughs> she jumped down on the floor to be at eye level with him. She has the gun. She can just point it at him from far away. <laughs> what a weird decision by the director. <laughs> I think they just wanted that one shot of them being close together, like in the Matrix when they're both on right. in the ground together, or like Mister and Mrs. Smith. Do something to make it happen. Don't just don't. Oh, oh yeah, go dive next to him and point your gun for no reason. I need you to get really close up to him during your fight. Yeah. So they go off together now. In the city, they find Master Roshi because he has a Dragon Ball, and also because Goku can sense him, which doesn't make 
so much sense. Maybe he's sensing his key. I think he's sensing the Dragon Ball. I took it as he's sensing the key. But then he later on, he finds a Dragon Ball without even trying. Oh, uh, maybe it is a Dragon he Ball. He can then. sense Dragon Balls, which also shouldn't make sense because they're not related in any way. Like him and the Dragon Balls. This movie's just trying to be like very prophetic, you right. know? So like, oh, it's a Harry Potter syndrome, right? Like, yeah, he can feel it just because it's his destiny to feel it. Because, like, at least with this scene specifically, I took it as, like, he can sense other people that have, like, the same type of power that he does. Because they give off, like, an aura or something. That's just how I took like it. Like a Star Wars thing where, like, you can you, feel, you other, feel force other force sensitive people. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, that would make sense. But again, Him it's just, just sensing it's, it's Dragon just, Balls is dumb because then why do you have the radar? Yeah. But it's also just stealing things from other... You know what I mean? Like, that's not a thing in Dragon Ball. It's a thing in Star Wars. Don't they sense, like, their power levels or something? Like, oh, his power level's insane. I think if, like, they're, like, currently, like, and projecting their power And the Saiyans even off. have, like, the little scouters yeah, so they can a... see a, an actual number on their power level. <laughs> it's over 9,000. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's also, like, a piece of tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not intuitive. It's got to be based on something. Okay. I don't know. That's Maybe I'm, like reaching here we're, yeah i think we're overthinking this uh in the city they find master roshi i said that in the last house to be demolished for a new high-rise apartment building i only say that because it was so stupid uh they sneak inside and awaken master roshi who fights goku with ease master roshi gives him his dragon ball and recounts a poem oh sweet i wrote it down thank oh wait no i didn't write it down fuck uh, it doesn't matter uh it was a poem about the dragon balls but the point here is that poem is supposed to be like the prayer to summon the dragon. I should have written down because later on they don't say it again. But anyway. I think um, Goku says it, right? No, he says something completely stupid oh. and different. Oh, he says something which is, different. Which okay. is my problem with that. Uh, it was a very, it was like a nice poem, basically. Right. So in the anime, they find Masaroshi on an island, a very small island out in the beach. With on the, one house on it. Just one. Yeah. It's almost it's like, like a he, comically small island. Yeah. That's, that's the point. Because Masaroshi is supposed to be like this character who's like embracing the vacation Hawaii lifestyle. Right. His house is called Kami House. He invented a technique called the Kamehameha, which is a Hawaiian word. Yeah, he's he's a chill dude. He wears Hawaiian shirts. Like he's supposed to be like kind of like an he old just retiree. Wants to see naked women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so in this, instead of putting him on an island, they made it so that they're demolishing all the buildings around his. And I guess he's like the last holdout. And it kind of looks like an island a little bit. Hey, you know what that reminded me of is like in. Deadpool X-Men Origins when they introduced Deadpool for the first time it was during the writer strike and the producers were like let's reinvent this character because we can't just do the character right we have to completely reinvent him and but ruined him right but we're going to put like the diamonds on his eyes as like scar tissue right cuz he's scarred up and in the like in the special features the producers were like we think the fans are really going to love this cuz they love Deadpool no, they but hated it's, it. But it's not Deadpool. <laughs> because you didn't need to reinvent this. Like, okay, so you're giving us this house on an island, like the comic. But why didn't you just fucking put it on an island? Why is it, like, in the middle of, like, the cityscape, you know? I thought the city itself looked kind of cool. Yeah, and it, in fairness, like, it does look like the cities in Dragon, Ball's, Dragon, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, where it's yeah. very futuristic. Yeah. yeah. A lot of this was fil- filmed in Mexico, and I forgot to mention, like, the high school. That's Unitech. It's, like... Universidad Tecnica de blah, 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 from some city. So their abbreviation was still Unitech. And I think they picked it. So they didn't have to change anything? Right, exactly. (laughs) Because it's a low-budget movie, basically. And they're like, that's in Spanish, but no one will know. In fact, it sounds futuristic. It does, to be fair. (laughs) So that was a real place. 
That's a clever way to save money. Sure, yeah. No, I'll give him that. <laughs> um, the three set off together, and along the way, Masaroshi trains Goku by making him carry all their stuff and do handstands while trying to master airbending techniques. <laughs> Put a pin in that. They fall in a hole left by the bandit Yamcha, who tries negotiating, helping them out of his trap for Bulma's capsule ATV. So I did a significant amount of research. On Yamcha? No, on airbending. Because <laughs> I thought, did they steal this from Avatar? Or is this like a thing? Or is airbending a thing? And they stole this from Avatar. I can't find a single mention of airbending that's not Avatar related. <laughs> at all. <laughs> He does mention the other elements, too. Well, he mentions, yeah. what, air, fire, and water? That's it? Yeah. I don't think he mentions earth. I think at that point, it's copyright. <laughs> like, that's gone too far. Water, earth, fire, <laughs> air. <laughs> I kept on thinking, why make this about airbending? It's not a thing in the... It, yeah, didn't they, like, basically make the Kamehameha, like, a, like an airbending An airbending attack? technique, yeah. Whereas in the source material, it's a giant beam that you shoot of out of energy. your hands. And also, yeah, they can, energy. they learn to use key. So key is your inner energy. Yeah. And the theory is you can... You channel it you into... channel into all kinds of things. And this is a real thing that, you know, people believe. Right. But it, this takes it to the next level where you can actually channel it into, like, visible energy outside of, like, the palms of your hands. And you can shoot that at people, which is a thing that, like, other comic books and cartoons do all the time. Right? Yeah. But Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are kind of known for that. It's like shooting all different kinds of specialized energy <laughs> beams at each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of them fighting. That's part of like their martial arts. Yeah. And the Kamehameha is just one version of that. Yeah. Whereas and it, it kind of becomes like Goku's like signature move right. after he learns it from Roshi. Roshi. In fairness, and this Roshi explains, it's as strong as, as much energy as you put into it. So it works as a weak attack if you're a weak attacker. Or, yeah, when Goku's or like the strongest person ever people. with a Kamehameha, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, in the anime and manga, we see, like, different variations of the Kamehameha. Like, you'll see, like, the Super Kamehameha or, like, the Warp Kamehameha where he, like, teleports behind them and then shoots. I don't remember those. It's just little fun oh, okay. variations of the attack. Cool. It's still overall the same thing. Yeah. So, I just, again, I just had kind of a problem with uh, the whole making this an airbending thing. Because later on, we clearly see... Oh, no, later on, he uses a Kamehameha to light torches on fire. So now it's firebending? You could have just said, this is a key attack. Like, this is your energy, and be done with it. It's you even not few have to mention airbending. At all. And it's fewer words. It makes more sense. And well, it's why? less likely to piss people off. Yeah, you've pissed off two camps of people now. Now Avatar people are like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Here is the second thing I did like about this movie, is the silliness of training goku oh like the comically large yep. thing he had to carry on his back yeah. and run and yeah yeah because that's what dragon ball is it's very silly yeah that is part and goku of it. does stuff like that for fun yeah he <laughs> uh i just watched again i watched the first few episodes yesterday morning and he goes oh i'm gonna go outside for exercise and he grabs a big boulder and he just squeezes it until it smashes to a million pieces and then he grabs another boulder, but he finds out it's a turtle. And he's like, oh, no, I'll put you back down, Mr. Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Then, turtle. <laughs> how many licks? To... And then later on, when he trains with Master Roshi, Master Roshi gives him a big turtle backpack, like a turtle shell. Yeah. 
and he has to wear it, and then it's apparently incredibly heavy, or incrementally becomes more heavy. Like, normal people can't lift it. Right. Yeah. So, it's basically like an endurance training thing. When he finally takes it off, he realizes how much stronger he's become. And it's a thing a lot of anime do, kind of in general. I'm also thinking of a scene from uh, from Naruto, where one of the characters, his name's Rock Lee, he's clearly based off of, like, Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he takes off his ankle weights during a fight. Because he's like, kind of like, you know, he's done holding back. And all the characters are like, what's removing like a few ankle weights going to do? Then he drops the ankle weights and they're so heavy that they make like craters in the ground. Nice. I think they do that in Dragon Ball too. Uh, Piccolo trains. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Later on in Dragon Ball Z, Piccolo trains with these robes and he Mm -hmm. has a turban. They're like weighted, right? They're weighted. Yeah. And then when he takes them off, they actually like break the ground when he throws them down. (laughs) And I think he makes Gohan wear them too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Goku also at one point wears like heavy robes. They don't look heavy, but they are, I guess. Like they want to draw um, him the same, but they're like, oh, these are weighted. Exactly. <laughs> Just <laughs> Right. Don't think about it. So, no, I like the silliness. This might be something some people point at and I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But like, this is at least like accurate. Yeah. This is part of the fun of what Dragon Ball is. It's, it's ridiculous. If more of the movie was like this, it'd be a better movie. It'd be funny, at least. Because yeah. nothing fun about this film. This was the only fun part to me. was a little mini training montage as they were like driving. Yeah. And, I, and yet, I'm like, the silliness here, like I said, this is the only in tone thing that matches from Dragon Ball. But it makes me question... You wanted to do this, but you didn't want to do anthropomorphic animals? Like, where did you draw the line? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yamcha's still an idiot in this, just like he is in source material. He starts off as a bandit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also a horrible actor in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> like a horrible I looked into actor. this guy. I don't think he's really an actor. He's like a singer. Oh, is he really? He's like a South Korean singer. Oh, uh, that makes a lot of sense. He had like um, frosted tips. Yeah. I thought he looked the part of Yamcha. For I mean, he doesn't like, literally like douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has like this very douchey air about him. He's like, he's yeah. Asian. He's muscular. But he doesn't really have like at least on screen like the charisma. No, of... not at all. All these other actors are just like acting circles around him in comparison. Are they though? In comparison, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was around this part where, it, like I was saying about the silliness, it makes me question whether you can even adapt this. Like, is Dragon Ball actually adaptable? And that's something I want to talk about when we get into the analysis. But the part that I like would maybe be something that most people think is ridiculous. And I'm like, well, then fuck it. Like, what's the then point? Then it's of, not going to work. What's the point of making a live action movie then? You know? Yeah. As they wait in the hole, Master Roshi repeats a story told at the beginning of the movie that 2,000 years ago, Earth was nearly destroyed by Piccolo and Uzaru. This time with Yamcha listening in from above. Master Roshi jumps out. Don't know why he didn't do that earlier. Um, <laughs> hours have passed, by the way. They wasted a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Master Roshi jumps out, and they find a ball nearby in the rocks. Actually, they don't. The thing... It's very confusing what happens here, because the they drill a hole, but then they end up on, on a volcano. Are those different balls? Oh, they are different balls. I'm sorry. Yeah, those I are different balls. Right they find this one just kind of just... They just happen to find the... Yeah, in, in the hole. Yeah. My reports to Piccolo on the status of Master Roshi and Goku, because I guess now she knows their names... Piccolo removes a ton of blood to create some monsters. Random kind of collection of scenes here, but um, oh yeah, they uh repeat the same Story. intro almost word for word, narrated by which is almost what the TMNT movie did also yep. with the yeah hey let's repeat the what we said at the beginning of the movie again yeah then why why put it in the beginning then you know what I mean it's the same problem I had with that movie. Where halfway through the movie, they, you know, tell a story about... It just becomes wasted time because you repeated the same thing. 
Yeah, and it might be more interesting if you didn't tell us at the beginning. Now we know who Piccolo is. Yeah, you know if we that, like, who's this guy after them? Oh, yeah, because just like the TMNT movie, they literally showed a picture of Piccolo at the beginning of the movie, going like, "This is the bad guy," and spoiled it. In case you're right, in case you are curious. Also, Master Roshi says somehow Piccolo's escaped. Which is like now infamous for which somehow Palpatine's returned. Yeah, yeah we still yeah, don't like... know how. Nope. Not really. Um, I do think they're sort of trying to connect it with all these new Star Wars shows, though. Probably, but the point is, it's just like a patch over bad writing, right? You know what I mean? Like you went through all this trouble of saying that he was locked up in like this vase. Should have been a rice cooker. It's like, uh, <laughs> somehow he escaped. We don't know how. Which, Does... in fairness, the main characters probably don't know how it happened. But the audience should know. Yes. Unless it's exactly. going to be like some big reveal, exactly. which it, it doesn't. it's not. So in this anime, he gets locked up in a rice cooker, right? And that happens before. Master Roshi throws it to the bottom of the ocean. And then Emperor Pilaf, looking for the Dragon Balls, finds it and unlocks Piccolo. And then it becomes this big problem, right? Right. But yeah, like, tell us how it happened, you know? It's later revealed, too, that not only do they know who Goku is, they need him. So why are they trying to stop him? Exactly. <laughs> why not just like lure him over? Why don't you just go get him? Why don't you like lay a trap like the Emperor did in Return of the Jedi to lure Luke onto the Death Star? Or like Yamcha just did very successfully. Somehow. <laughs> this this kid, this, this nobody. This idiot. This bozo. Yeah, he's a bozo in the fucking <laughs> anime too. I'm thinking about that meme of him just laying in the crater. I don't know that meme. What? What? We'll link it below. Show it to me. They're like, where's Yamcha? And then it's just a picture of Yamcha dead. <laughs> <laughs> wait i want to see this yamcha also has like a very iconic scar that they didn't put on this character no and that's a small thing but so the team scales a volcano lol not sure <laughs> I, you know in, in in the compilation of all the movies are stealing from from the 2000 here's a little bit of uh lord of the rings let's just all walk up a volcano yeah. that's out of nowhere too bad they're not dropping the dragon ball on the volcano <laughs> yeah. Bulma states the high temps are screwing with the signal. But not you guys, like you're all fine. <laughs> you know? Maybe they have shields, capsule quick shields. <laughs> People really underestimate how hot volcanoes get. Like it, you cannot get anywhere near one. Your no. body will singe and you'll burn to death. Even in suits they have difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yamcha gets hit in the ass by a geyser and doesn't die. Again, those are incredibly hot. And it's just like a funny gag. Like ah. Uh-huh. That's hot. <laughs> They're attacked by putty monsters, like straight from Power Rangers. I wrote down because that's exactly what they're like. <laughs> Goku starts slicing up monsters to make a bridge to cross the lava lake and acquires a Dragon Ball. This is as truly as ridiculous as it sounds, by the way. Upon holding it, Goku sees more visions of the future. Mai arrives to fight Goku for the Dragon Ball. Goku easily beats her, implying the Dragon Balls are also unlocking more of his powers. That was the implication, right? Is that- I guess, but is that... I don't think that's how they work. No, it's not how they work. But this movie, it doesn't bother to concern itself with what works or what doesn't, both in the lore or in the logic of this movie. That's true. So what does any of that mean? You know what I mean? So (laughs) here's something. These fucking putty monsters are okay, but anthropomorphic animals aren't. (laughs) This is You know, like, where do you draw the line? I'm so confused. Like, it seems to me that the studio here said, okay... A lot of Dragon Ball is completely berserk, bonkers, it's ridiculous, really out there. We can't do any of this dumb shit for a movie. Let's write up completely different dumb shit to put in the movie. 
Because because Hollywood knows best. No, they don't know anything. Because Piccolo created these monsters from like thin air using his blood. Which is weird. Which is weird. Very much like Power Rangers. And then they just become like faceless gray monsters that are just cannon fodder, right? Yeah. Like Power Rangers. Like Power Rangers. These are putty monsters. It's like a lesser version of the Power Rangers version, actually. (laughs) Putty monsters are at least like more comical. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. The Dragon Ball's unlocking his power, which was the implication, I feel, because he very easily just, like, dealt with Mai. Yeah. You know? And there's some crazy things in Dragon Ball, but at least, like you like you said, that's not a thing. This it is at least, one of them. It at least makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> within the context of the story. Exactly. In another town, Masaroshi meets with a monk, played by Ernie Hudson. The fucking Ghostbuster is here. Which is interesting. <laughs> I, I saw him, I was like, who is? That's Ernie Hudson. Uh, <laughs> That was a bit of a surprise, yeah. Uh, they discussed the prophecy and the need for another Mafuma, which is the fucking vase. Yeah. Goku sees Chi-Chi fighting in the martial arts tournament against Mai. Chi-Chi flirts with Goku, seemingly forgetting about her boyfriend, what's-his-face. Boma and Yamcha flirt and seem to fall in love in just a few lines and almost kiss. Yeah, okay, like, what? I know Boma and Yamcha are like, were like a thing in Dragon uh-huh, Ball, but exactly. like, there was at least development there. Right. <laughs> Goku and Master Roshi go over the Kamehameha, the last airbending technique. <laughs> this part of the movie, which is kind of like the downtime in the second act, is usually the part of the movie I like a lot because this is where a lot of character development happens. Mm-hmm. However, in this film, it's about five minutes long, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the little bit that we get is fine. It's a li- it's kind of nice, actually, but then it just goes right back to business. Yeah. I feel like the break is nice. However, what they're doing, I have a lot of problems well, with. Well, they're just kind of they're just walking around the town. Just bopping around. They're just bopping around. Ain't got a clue. Again, just meeting with another monk and going over the prophecy again and, and why there even is one. Like, Because for me, a lot of times with these prophecies, it's it feels almost like a video game where it's like, here's exactly what you have to do. Here's all the answers. You just have to make them happen. You know, you have to go to a thing. Grab a thing. Then you go, to, I'll put it on your map. Then you go to another thing, grab that thing, I'll put that on your map. And by by the time you do three of those, you fight the villain, you win the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in a, like in real life, if you have this big problem, you may not know what the solution is. It's well, not you, spelt you to, for you. You have to you. figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I think it might be my problem with like all these prophecies. Go from point A to point B to point C. Yeah. Grab object D. Yeah. Because even in, like, Star Wars, where there's a prophecy and whatever, half the time, they don't even know if it's real. It's like a vague prophecy. They're like, I don't know. Maybe it's real. Maybe he's the chosen one. Who fucking knows? Like, <laughs> turns out he's not. I don't know. Maybe the prophecy is wrong. Maybe we read it wrong. <laughs> Maybe there isn't one. <laughs> like, that was interesting, you know? I, I like when prophecies are like that. Because even Harry Potter does that a little bit. It, where it's, like, vague. I, it's like, you have to read into it. Like, what does that mean? I like, yeah, I like the Harry Potter. It's, well, not... it's the same thing with the Bible, even. Any sort of, like, prophecy in there, like, mm, yeah. we, we don't know what it means. Sure, sure, sure. It's vague. Like, you got to read into it, figure it out. It's yeah. not like, in 10,000 years, this will happen. You need to be standing right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like that. <laughs> it's not interesting. No. And in Harry Potter, which I think does prophecies pretty well, because they can prove it to not be true. Like, it doesn't have to come true. Right. It's a prophecy that will be true unless you change something Mm -hmm. because Because the future is not set in stone yeah and the original prophecy in harry potter was applicable to more than one person and it was more applicable to neville exactly and it (laughs) was only because voldemort chose harry that harry became the prophetic boy 
It should have been because he tried to be he he tried to intervene with the prophecy and then it kind of bit him in the ass and it evolved a little bit. You know, yeah, that's more interesting. You know, it is because I like the whole like you know it's not set yet. Exactly, it's just a small vision of a possible future. Yeah. Okay, more. Let's get into the rest of this bullshit. So there's a martial arts tournament in this, and it's interesting because for me, Dragon Ball is set in one of two plot premises which is either a road story a group of people they're traveling they you know they run into different things along the way their adventures kind of evolve and they go from place to place and that's intercut with the world martial arts tournament which and, happens every so often which happens every so often and it takes up several episodes because they get there they see who's there they have to go through like the preliminaries and they fight and usually there's a villain there too so that's interesting too um, as like a premise for you know a plot to be set in. However, in this, this is bullshit. They just like pick one. Don't try to smush two an hour and twenty. Right. It doesn't work. And that's kind of one of the reasons I think maybe this shouldn't be a movie, or this should be like one of ten movies, or this should yeah, be a series. Been, yeah. I don't. These should have been separate like story arcs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said we're gonna get to that, but I will give them some credit that they put a martial arts tournament in the movie. Which is a huge, it's a huge thing. It's a huge element of Dragon Ball. And they at least chose to make some notion of it into this movie. So I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm like, okay with it. It's okay that it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chi-Chi's fighting Mai, which seems... Too convenient. Yeah, but exactly. But at the same time, that's the thing that happens in Dragon Ball. Where the villains enter themselves in the tournament. Because then they have... The ulterior like a, motives. Yeah, and, yeah. And that becomes an interesting kind of plot point, but... So her alter ulterior sense motive. of not being that interesting though. No, not really. She wants to steal her blood so that she can like clone her, which is again because I guess she knows that Goku's in love with her. A power. First of all, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's a random person she doesn't know anything about. It was she wasn't even spying on them earlier in the movie when they were together. No. So that's a good point. There's a lot of plot holes in this, <laughs> and she has some weird like cloning. Disguise power power we don't know about. Maybe it's tech, but it's probably not. Which is not a thing that again, it's not from the source material. It's not something that's explained either. So, uh, doesn't Oolong shapeshift? Yeah, he's the only one though. Oh, and sometimes it's not very good. <laughs> no, he's like he becomes like a fat version of whoever he's turning yeah. into. He has to try really hard, and sometimes it's close enough where maybe they can get by, but like only if you don't look too hard. Almost like a ditto. And yeah, to your point, Bulma and Yamcha are a thing in the story. Briefly, but yeah. No, for a bit. They're for, on and For off. a bit in Dragon Ball, yeah. For like a lot of Dragon Ball and the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, they're together. Yeah. And then yeah. they break up, I think, in Dragon Ball Z and then like a season goes by and then she gets She's with Vegeta. Vegeta. Yeah. The other bad boy. Yeah, that's her type. <laughs> She's got a type. No, but like, you know, they fall in love in a minute. So that to me, I'm like, that's... You just checked something off on yeah. a list. And, like, yeah. oh, they're a couple, so we got to make them one, right? Goku practices lighting torches with his key, and Chi-Chi walks in on him. Chi-Chi incentivizes him to light each torch. With each flame, he may take a step closer to her. He doesn't know what that means. Because he's an idiot, by the way. <laughs> she explains is to get closer to her. You'll be right next to me, and then I can do whatever I want to. Yeah, and that really... Uh... And he's like, oh, fuck yeah. And then he lights all the torches, basically. Which, uh, good motivation. Is that when they kiss? Yes. Because afterwards, he puts the torches out. Oh, yeah. Because now he's good at this. Yeah. He lit so three quickly. of them in one go. He's like, all I needed was a little bit of ass. 
I uh, think my favorite actor in this whole movie is Gigi. I think she might be the best one. At least the one to lay down the best performance. Because there's some yeah. other actors you could argue are like have... She actually has a pretty okay career. Well, a few of the actors in this movie actually have pretty okay careers yeah. despite being in this movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like almost... Almost all of all them. Of them. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> so that tells me that the acting might not be the issue. Maybe it's the direction. Yeah, and, the, and the writing. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a narrow kind but of competition. Her performance here. is one of the strongest ones in yeah, the movie, though. I, I will totally say that. buy yeah. everything she did. It's one of my favorite characters in this film, yeah. actually. Even though she's kind of a minor character in a lot of Dragon Ball. She has a lot to do here. Yeah. Also, why make Goku the awkward, thirsty boy? In this scene, I thought it worked pretty well. It's, but... it's because of Spider-Man. And we said this earlier. Yeah. Chi-Chi's Mary Jane. Goku's yep. Peter Parker. Yep. Piccolo's a Green Goblin. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, so later that night, Chi-Chi leaves Goku's room. Ooh. And is caught by Bulma. And they know uh, each other. Uh, yeah. They've never met. Oh, not on yeah. screen. I guess they met off screen. I, that's a little believable, I guess. Maybe they met while they were in the town having all this downtime that we didn't actually get to see. They also ran into each other one other time. Like, Before uh, this? Yeah, I didn't mention. They go to a place. and Oh, uh, like a, like a training camp almost. Yeah, Roshi's like, I'm going to train you at this place. It's the best place. No one knows about it. And they get there and now everyone knows about it. And he's like, this ain't the vibe. <laughs> yeah. And Chi-Chi's there because she's training for the tournament. And they run into each other. So yeah. maybe they met there. But anyway. So Goku appears. And they realize Goku and Chi-Chi weren't just now fucking in the room. And she must have stolen the Dragon Balls. Chi-Chi gets caught by the real Chi-Chi. And the two Chi-Chi's fight. It's my in disguise using her blood. One of the two Chi-Chi's asks Goku for help, and he believes her and fights the real Chi-Chi, and Mai gets away. He knocks her the fuck out, too. <laughs> She's like, Goku, stop. He's like, Opa! I love that. The, he should have known better because one of them is like, Goku, help me. And he's like, oh, that must be the real Chi-Chi. The real Chi-Chi wouldn't ask for your help, bitch. <laughs> She's strong. <laughs> I love how, uh, like, Bulma and Yamcha are like, oh, yeah, Goku. <laughs> When they thought he was like getting it, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a, that was, that was actually a small, like a, fun, a fun little exchange between characters. A tiny small because there was moment. almost chemistry there. Almost, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> there was almost something there. It was like a hint of what could have been. Yeah, <laughs> I really hate this trope of having two characters look identical to each other fighting and then tricking the main character. Tricking, yeah, the main character is like, oh my god, which is the real one? Like, I. I'm so sick of that. Does this one happen that often? It happens all the time. Not remember? anything we've watched. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. I would like to look into this and see which is the original. Like, what started this trope? But I like the one where... It, the one from... um, It's a series of books for kids. And they're horror books. Goosebumps? Goosebumps. Oh, thank God. <laughs> There's a Goosebumps one. Where uh, this plant turned into uh, the dad... And oh, okay. the plant and the dad look identical. And that one called, like, don't come into the basement or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, the kid has to choose which one it is. And it's implied by the end that he chose the wrong one and killed his dad. And then the real... And then the... The, the plant, plant is his dad the, now. Yeah. That works in that book, though. Because Very that's what that... Book. That book was specifically made for that plot yeah, point, But though. it's such a trope. It's such a trope. I'm sure that's not where the trope came from, though. Oh, probably not. No. I don't think R.L. Stein created any tropes. <laughs> I think he used a lot of tropes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cleverly, but I don't think he created any. So this is all super stupid. And again, it's just introducing a lot of extra powers that don't are not explained. There, yeah. And it. it's resolved like immediately. She's like... Yeah, so the whole thing like, doesn't matter. She gets matter. up and she's like, it I, just, I let you hit me. But it also could have just been my. It didn't have to be a fake Chi-Chi. Right. You know what I mean? 
Well, Goku's an idiot. Okay, but like it could have just been her and they fight. Like that is more interesting than covering it all up and with this like, oh, she's in disguise it's or whatever. Creating like artificial tension. Exactly. So Goku gets shot by Mai and goes to another realm where he speaks to Gohan. Gohan tells him to have faith in himself. Master Roshi revives him with a Kamehameha wave. Do you revive people with the Kamehameha? I don't think so. He, afterwards, he goes, oh, a little bit of pain is all he needed. Mm. So uh, was it like like their version of using like a, what is it called, an AED? little paddle. Clear. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Ah, what's that called? I don't know. Is I know it... the ones that they have in public, I think, are called AEDs where like you put a pad on them and then press a button. I could no be totally idea. wrong. I hope I'm not giving false medical information out to people. <laughs> I am not a medical professional. Do not listen to Birdo at all. <laughs> I do know CPR. I think we you just said this being fake tension. This is more fake tension. Because it's like, oh my god, Goku's dead. I he like talk- that he gets to speak to his grandfather for like a second. I don't know. I feel like it'd be nicer if Gohan was dead from the beginning. True, because... You know what I mean? I don't know. And they didn't Uncle Ben him? Yeah. Piccolo assembles the Dragon Balls, and a huge rock temple comes out of the ground. I always get the feeling... It's ridiculous. It is. And I always get a feeling that instead of like doing any dramatic tension from hard work and filmmaking and good writing, movies like this are like, well, we have a CGI budget, and we have some leftover money, because we've cheaped out on a lot of stuff, so there needs to be a big CGI thing happening in the third act. So they're like, all right. They could have just made the fight look better. Exactly. (laughs) There's no substance. (laughs) Yamcha makes his car fly. They fly now? They fly now. And Goku puts his grandfather's gi on to meet Piccolo. Piccolo laughs at his notion of defeating Uzaru and tells him when the eclipse happens, he will become Uzaru. Wow. If only I didn't see that coming. Surprised Pikachu. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everyone who's ever seen this movie also has seen Dragon Ball. (laughs) The temple is in the very place where Goku landed. Goku transforms into Uzaru. Uzaru, a were-ape that's only slightly larger than Goku. <laughs> Mai fights Bulma, who is saved by Yamcha, who seemed prepared to sacrifice himself. Okay, so some more little, what I think are plot holes. It seems like Piccolo has brought Goku to this place, saying, this is where you landed. You're like an alien. You came from a meteorite. But also, they were bringing the Dragon Balls there because that's where the Dragon Temple is. So which is it? Is it a, co- is it a coincidence that... Goku landed in the exact spot of the Dragon Temple? Yeah, I don't like that. Second, as we alluded to earlier, Piccolo apparently needs Goku because he knows that Goku is Uzaru. Right. But this whole time they're trying to like kill him. Yes, they're after him. And they're after the Dragon Balls. But they... The... He was already going to bring them the Dragon Balls. Exactly. Why not just wait there for them to bring... The... They're bringing the Dragon Balls there anyway. The whole they point. have to because it's the Dragon Temple. Exactly, which is a uh, a departure because in the series, you can assemble the Dragon Balls anywhere. It doesn't matter where you yeah, are. You don't have to be in a certain spot. You assemble you them, the Dragon shows up exactly. to you. You say the thing, the Dragon shows up. In this, they have to take it to a Dragon Temple. So what's nice about this as plot devices, as MacGuffins, is that you have to assemble them all for any one party to succeed, right? So they will find each other at some point. That's what that's happens. How, in that's Dragon how MacGuffins Ball. work in right. every story ever. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying specifically in Dragon Ball, the villains and the heroes are always running into each other because they all need what the other has, the other right. Dragon Ball. They're only good if they're assembled. Yep. Right? So why have you spent the whole movie chasing Goku's Dragon Balls? Why, why are you trying to assemble them? When you already them? had two of them. Well, or also, whatever. why are you trying to assemble them when the whole plot hinges on, like, hey, they're going to be assembled and then the world's going to end if Piccolo does it? Why does not? Does Piccolo want to make a why wish? Why not hide. I think he does. He wants to, like, destroy the world or something. 
it's but I thought he wanted to do that with very Uzaru. It's very loosely touched on. I think he why None wouldn't he want to make makes why else any would he sense. want the Dragon Balls? Well, I thought he was trying to lure Goku because Goku's Uzaru. And who is Uzaru? Is he a spirit? Why is he a, is he reincarnated in Goku? And why exactly do they need the eclipse to happen? If the well, well the cl- I guess the eclipse awakens Uzaru the, in this version. The eclipse is the new exactly. It's the new full moon instead okay. of a full moon. It's an eclipse. Then there doesn't need to be a full moon in this movie at all. Which goes back to your other point. Yeah, where... well, there was a lot of allusions to a full moon. They kept on showing one. Maybe and... it's like a reference. And it's like an oh, Easter egg. I guess. Whatever. They showed one as late as like two or three days before this was supposed to happen, by the way. So none of his motivations make any sense no. logically. Not just like... What yeah. is he trying to do? Subjectively. Like, it doesn't make sense objectively. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? Also, if you assemble the Dragon Balls, do you even need Uzaru? You can make a wish. You can wish for anything you want. Yeah, why not just kill Goku? I don't... Again, none of this adds up at all. They wasted a lot of time when Goku was going to meet the them there anyway. Why didn't the good guys try to like, keep the Dragon Balls away? Because the prophecy. That's, see, you see what I'm saying? They have all these plot problems, and they're like, guys, we can fix this all by just saying it's a prophecy and it needs to happen. <laughs> this is Because I, I think Piccolo's goal was to just destroy Earth for some reason. But he's already strong, and he's got an airship. <laughs> Can't he already do it? <laughs> I don't get it. And if it. he can use Uzaru, why does he need the Dragon Balls? And why he... are the Dragon Balls in this movie? Because <laughs> it's called Dragon Ball. <laughs> this is so dumb. This is the part of the movie where you realize everything, none everything of this, falls apart. None right of this here. makes sense. None of it holds an ounce of water. I do like the way the Gi looks. That's actually a pretty decent costume. I'm, I will give you that. It's, it co- actually looks, it looks good on him. The costume looks good, except for the pants are really baggy. Aren't they kind of supposed to be a little bit? Not that baggy. They're really baggy. They're almost like parachute pants. Well, he's also really skinny. Meh. Yeah. It could just be the actor <laughs> they, they should, put it yeah. on. They should have. You know, Yamcha had a better build. They should have made him cook. Actually, they don't make have. that guy the main character. No, 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 no. But at least he was. He was more muscular. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So Goku as Uzaro. So now he's transforming. Goku as Uzaro chokes Master Roshi to death as he tells him he can defeat Uzaro from within with faith. So he's choking this man out, and this man's like, have faith in yourself. You can defeat this demon inside of you. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. And then he dies. Uh, are you ready for the worst line in the whole film? I yeah. Think, I think this should be the new segment. Uh, this should be the new surprise segment instead of a, a nudity minute, which we did before. Which kind of fell apart. Yeah, there's just not enough abs in all these movies, honestly. No, I thought there'd be more. I really thought that there was not a single one in this movie. Oh, uh, in this movie, that's based on a very pervy <laughs> source material. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, this could be their new thing. Are you ready for the worst line in this movie? Goku says, I am Goku. I am Uzaru. To be one with myself, I must be two. The fuck does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything. Because in saying this, he gets rid of Uzaru and is no longer Uzaru. He's just Goku. Right. So what's the significance of this? And It's all about like, oh, look within and have faith. All that means is, have you tried trying harder? Just try a little bit harder. Can you just try harder? And then maybe you'll win. That's all yeah. this is. And then he does the Kamehameha. Okay, so after he says that, he controls Ozaro. Okay, uh, then he just tries really hard and defeats Piccolo with the Kamehameha wave. Yep, that's it. And that's it. He thing, just tries harder. He doesn't harder. even really shoot a Kamehameha. He just, he does the whole like, Kamehameha, like the charge up. Yeah. But then when he does the Kamehameha, He's, like, flying along with it. So he's just kind of flying, shooting a little oh, bit of energy out. Yeah. It, it doesn't look good. 
No. It would have looked better if there was just a giant beam of light shooting out of yeah. his hand, like in the source material. Yeah. <laughs> the team celebrates, but realizes that Master Roshi is dead. <laughs> Goku uses the Dragon Balls to summon the dragon Shen Long by reciting... Okay, so this, is, this might be also the worst lines. He says, Dragon, the test of seven has been fulfilled. I compel you to come forth and grant my wish. And he just kind of yells it awkwardly. Very awkwardly. I thought it was not going to work. And they'd be like, buddy, you're saying the wrong thing. Because early in the movie, Roshi says that there's a poem. And he says the poem. And it's, I don't, I don't And he does like a little like. It's better. A little, yeah. A little like. Like movement. I don't want to say dance, but it is kind of like a dance. It's kind of a dance. Yeah. Yeah. When they see Piccolo for the first time with all the Dragon Balls, Master Roshi says, he's about to say the prayer. Okay. So there's more to imply that you have to say these words in order for the dragon to like come up. By the way, in the source material, the dragon's name is Shenron, and here's Shen Long. Seems like a dumb thing to change. Yeah, why change it? Why change it? It's uh, yeah, it's close enough. Anyway. Pointless. But then when they actually summon the dragon, he says the dumbest line ever. And then uh, the dragon shows up. The test of seven has been fulfilled. What test? Assembling the dragon balls? I guess that's the test. That's the test? That's something new. No one's ever said test before. <laughs> Was he just kind of saying the first thing that came to his mind? I think so. That's why I thought it was going to be a gag. And they're going to be like, oh, it didn't work. Oh, because I didn't say the right prayer. Nope. There was supposed to be prayers, all I'm saying. Yeah, all they had to do was have Goku say the same line. And then the lamest dragon I think I've ever seen shows up and doesn't say a word. He was like really small. Kind of looked like uh, Spyro, but not cute. He looked like an adult Spyro. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So just to paint a picture, in the um, anime, Shenron the dragon is a huge, an enormous massive, like, dragon. Ser- like Chinese-inspired dragon where it's like a serpent. Yes. Yeah. So long that his body coils around them when they summon the dragon. Like in all places, like you look around and you see parts of the dragon all around you. His face is huge and it's terrifying and he stares at you and he's like, all right, you awoken me. What's your fucking wish, bro? Like, go. And he's not Tell patient. Your wish so I can leave. Yeah. Sometimes they can't think of a wish, and he's very impatient. And they've wished things on accident before, talking about like what to wish on, right? Usually, their wish is to bring people back to life, though, because yeah, they much. always lose people trying to get the dragon balls. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of makes the whole thing pointless, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's a very dangerous mission to assemble. Same, your dragon uh, balls. same thing in this movie. Like, all right, you brought Roshi back. Kind of a waste of a wish. Pretty much. Well. It's a waste of a wish. Here's the thing, though. There there aren't any stakes in this movie because Roshi shouldn't have been the only death. If you've got this plot device at the end, you, you can bring everyone. You should have killed everybody. <laughs> Kill everybody. And bring them all back to life and with you the wish. bring them all back to life. That's what they do in the source material. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Piccolo saga, Yamcha dies, Krillin dies. I think Master Roshi dies. At one point, Piccolo destroys an entire city, so there's like thousands of civilians that die. And they're like, all right, we can use the wish to say... Bring back everybody that Piccolo killed. And then all of them can be brought back in one. Because it's only one wish. You have to be clever with how you word it, phrase it. Exactly. Yeah. So they couldn't bring back Gohan. They could have brought back. So why not bring back Gohan then? You could have said, oh, kill everyone who Piccolo killed. You bring back Gohan and Roshi. And all those people from the village. They stay dead. But it's funny because... Right after Roshi's brought back to life, he's upset that he was brought back to life. He looked annoyed. I honestly, I thought that was funny. Because he was like, oh, I was at this this wonderful place. <laughs> and then your grandpa Gohan showed up and started yelling at me saying it wasn't my time yet. Now I'm back. That was kind of funny. I like that gag. Because yeah. he was saying like he was in paradise. 
Right. <laughs> so this dragon's bullshit. This whole wish is bullshit. Yeah, Roshi's uh, ungrateful for coming back to life. <laughs> Again, a highlight. Wait, all you did was piss him off. <laughs> it was a good gag, though. Master Roshi is brought back to life. The Dragon Balls are separated, and Goku meets Chi-Chi for a kiss. Whoa. They flirt about who will win in a fight, and then meet up at the tournament ring to fight and freeze frame. We should make a list of how many freeze frames we see. <laughs> so that's kind of the movie. Uh, and at this point, do you want to turn it off? Too bad. There's a post credit scene. <laughs> Stinger. Yeah. And also, it is the slowest paced scene in this entire movie. It's the only scene that and it's so predictable. Seems, it's predictable, but it's the only one that seems like it was from like a real movie, though. Because there was like, like a normal paced film, maybe yeah. maybe that's what it is. But also, it, it's paced so long that you figure out what's going to happen before it happens, and that's no good. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is going to be Piccolo. Yeah, Piccolo is being nursed back to health by some lady, which is confusing because like it kind of looked like he got disintegrated by the Kamehameha. He looked, Did he just kind of go flying away? He looked perfectly fine when we see him again. He doesn't look damaged at all. So here's the thing: if you're trying to set up a sequel, in the first off, make a movie we care about in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Never never say, oh, we'll make the sequel better. No, make this movie better. You know? Yeah. So, and we've talked about that before, but if you've got Piccolo, and he's already a boring villain, and you want to have, like, sequel bait, don't bring back the same exact guy. When in the source material, we fight a different Piccolo, that at the end of his saga, he spits out an egg, and that's the next Piccolo, right? That would have been better. Why not do that? Why not show the egg? Show an egg, and it hatches... And there's a baby Piccolo. And we're like, is he going to be good or bad? We don't know. Probably be both because that's what it is in the cartoon. It's both. He's, <laughs> he's bad. Kind of a, he's kind of a he's dick. Good. Yeah. He's not like pure evil though because Most he of... didn't split his soul. Exactly. He's just the offspring <laughs> of an evil entity. Yeah. So he has and some he becomes, influences. He becomes a evil. better father than Goku to Gohan. <laughs> he's kind of like an adopted father. It's weird that he gave <laughs> Gohan to train under Piccolo. Anyway. Not most of the villains, like half of the villains in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z end up becoming like friends after a while. Yeah. There's like Vegeta. Vegeta, Yamcha. Not Yamcha. Uh, Yamcha was pretty quick. Um, Tien. Tien was like a Tien. villain for a big chunk of Dragon Ball. Piccolo, obviously. Piccolo. There's a bunch of them. So let's just get into the analysis now that we're done with the plot. <laughs> because I got, I got a lot of problems with this film. First of all, it's not good. <laughs> it's a lot of nonsense. Surprise. It's not yeah. good. And here's something. You took... What we already said was probably the most prolific manga and animes of all time. I forgot to mention that I read a thing where it was like most people in like Western cultures, like Europe and in America, if you ask most people why they like anime, they're like, well, I saw Dragon Ball Z, and then that opened the door to so all these other things. That might actually be the case for me too, because I, mean, I saw it when I was a kid. I don't watch a lot of anime. I've seen a couple. Yeah, they were all around I the same time. I watched a lot Tsun- more when I was younger. Toonami was putting a bunch of different anime out. Yeah. I was like, oh, these are all interesting. Dragon Ball is still my favorite. but Anything that was on Toonami, I'd definitely like, give a look to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But first of all, it's kind of nice to have a movie that's all around bad. <laughs> like A lot of times we've talked about films that are... Or like, we want to like this because there's some really for... good things in here. Yeah, or in this, I'm like, I've l- literally have listed three things that I like about this film. Yeah. And that's kind of it. I did want to talk about... So like we talk about costumes and stuff. For the most part, it's fine. I wish he was wearing that gi for longer. Like, more often. Not just to the end. as like, it just seemed like, oh, we're going to do the superhero thing. We wait till the end to put him in, like, his iconic outfit. Right. He, it's his iconic outfit for, for a reason. He should have he put, he he put it on as series. soon as he started training under Roshi. Yeah. And then maybe say something like, oh, you know, this gi's like, weighted, you know, to help with your training. 
Maybe. Even like a lame like throwaway line like that would have made it to where like okay, so it's it's not weird that he's wearing this. Yeah. Plot wise, it's Spider Man, like we said. Poor man, Spider Man, but it's definitely modeled after Spider Man, and that's a huge problem, I think. Eventually, we'll talk about that movie because that's one of the big ones. Spider Man, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. The, the plot's just not that strong with that movie. So sure. trying to model this movie after it is it, not doing it any favors. It's just like, for every time you have a movie like Spider-Man that's good, it made a lot of money, it's yeah. very influential. It's influential in the best ways and then also in the worst ways. Yeah. Because now everyone's going to try to it copy it. It inspired a lot of really bad copycats. Sure. On the one hand, it did tell people, hey, if we make a genuine adaptation of the source material, like we're not going to shy away from it being kind of campy. Like, here's a real costume. Here's all the ridiculous aspects of Spider-Man. We're just going to put it on screen. People will like it. Yeah. Because that was around the time that they thought people don't like comic books. Only if it's camping, they make fun of them, basically. Like, ironically. Yeah. But let's just do something earnest. Do the comic. Put it on screen. And Spider-Man well, was that lesson yeah. for a, a lot of people. Yeah. Right? But Yeah. It was campy in a good way. It's very earnest. Like, it, yeah. it, it took seriously what it was doing. Yeah. You know? No, it's one of those movies where, like... And again, I don't want to talk about it too much because we will talk about that movie. But it's one of those movies where at the time, it did everything right at the time. It did exactly what it needed to do. But also my point is like it influences way too many copycats. Yeah. And they're taking the wrong lessons from the success of the movie. Exactly. That's exactly my point is that they're learning the wrong lessons from that film. They're making movies like, again, Daredevil was good on paper, we said. But then in execution, they were clearly trying to copy Spider-Man. There's a lot so, of issues with that movie. Yeah, so was Ghost Rider. Just trying to yep. do Spider-Man. And there could have been things like, well, we watched Kick-Ass. We're like, well, this is a fun little meta, satirical kind of play on this genre. Right? Yeah. That's smart. And it knew exactly what it was doing. It's very smart. Those, uh, both of those movies are fantastic. Yeah, this isn't that. It's like they said, give us Spider-Man. You can call the characters whatever you want, but just we want this formula. And it adheres a little too closely to it. Like, these characters shouldn't be in high school. <laughs> Goku didn't go to school. That's kind of a, a thing. Yeah, he's ignorant to society. Yeah. Because when we kind of hinted at this, how do you make a Dragon Ball movie? You know, and I used to think back when I was in high school and early college, when I was still kind of a Dragon Ball Z fan, I was like, these would make great movies. You should make these into and good then, movies. And now it's like, would they, though? But now looking back, I'm like... Is this adaptable? Like, is this actually adaptable? Can you capture what needs to be captured in order to make it, like, an enjoyable story? Yeah, because... You'd probably have to change a lot of things. I don't... Well, that's the thing. At that point, then why do it? Because we talked about there's anthropomorphic animals. There are really silly aspects to Dragon Ball. The story is very much long. Like, you know, there's long story arcs in them. It's very slowly developed. There's a ton of characters... Where do you say, let's put a, a two-hour movie. Well, two hours is generous. They did an hour 20. If you were going right. to make a two-hour movie and do a Dragon Ball, what do you do? Do you do the first season? Do you skip Pilaf because he's just like this kind of comical character? Do you go straight to Red Ribbon Army? And then see... Ep- I think Red Ribbon Army would be a good... like. Sure. And then like the second one you do uh, like Piccolo or an Android for season two or for the second movie. I don't know. But the point is, because it is like a road story... And parts of it have this big tournament kind of structure. It doesn't feel like it should be a film. Nothing in Dragon Ball feels like it can be, it can be condensed no, to a film. because all the story arcs are like... There's First off, there's too many locations, I feel like, for sure. a film. Like, it needs to be a series. But the thing also about, like, road stories, too, is that, like, they have to be long. It's because you have to feel that they are on a journey. 
Otherwise, that takes time. it's, it's going to feel way too quick. It's going to feel yeah. like it's not going to feel like they're exploring the world at all. You're just yeah. going from like, okay, this location, this location. It, it exactly. feels like set pieces and not. Right. And this is paced like really quickly. Way obviously. too quick. Way too quick. And I, you don't really get that sense of like they're traveling. They're meeting people along the way. There's just like mm-hmm. that Yamcha bit and that's kind of it. It's hard to make like movies that are good road stories, I think. Unless if they're kind of long and drawn out. You and know, literally think. built around that concept yeah. of the road. You think about like, uh, what's a good one? Like, I always think about Harry Potter 7 Part 1, which I think is an excellent road story. Yeah. Because they spend so much time just like traveling and going like, all right, we got to set up camp here. Now what do we do? I don't know. And they're scared. And then you're scared watching them as the yeah. audience. And they could only do that because they broke that movie into two parts. Imagine right. if they had done it in one part. It would have been terrible. And then you, you don't get that feeling anymore because no. you're going to make that road story aspect, you know, 45 minutes. I kind of wish they broke more of them into two parts. Yeah. But I'm saying, <laughs> uh, you know, that's one of the best ones because they were able to take their time. With yeah. It, you know, the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this would work better as a series. And then I'm like. Well, it's it's weird. Like, it, maybe it wouldn't work live action. So I just keep coming back to like, okay, it needs to be a fucking cartoon then. So when we get back to square one, I'm like, is this adaptable? And I think that's kind of what and it's I, like. I don't want to ever say like something's not adaptable because surely there's a way to find okay how, how to do. Because people that's, said Watchmen was not adaptable, and some people still will say that. I personally really I like that they, movie. I think they adapted it pretty fine. Yeah. Honestly, I think that movie's pretty good. Yeah, but it had to be a very long movie. Granted, but sure. But, I mean, to your point, I used to say, oh, yeah, everything's – you can make anything into a movie. And now I'm seeing this. I'm like, I think this is the first time where I'm like, I don't think you can. I don't think Dragon Ball is adaptable. I think it's perfect the way it is. I think you could do it again if you wanted to, like, reboot it. You know, if you wanted to make, a, like, a new – you know, I, I've been meaning to start the new Rugrats. It's like a reboot of the last yeah. series. It's just, like, different. Like, it's a little make different. it just a new thing. Which it's this a new movie thing. did, but they were also trying to adapt something no, no, I'm at saying the same is, time. Right. I'm saying make an, if you want to make another cartoon, oh. you could make another cartoon. Yeah. But I feel like at the end of the day, like, that's the only way that this makes any sense. Yeah. You know? We also got to keep in mind, like, this movie is a more American take on the Dragon Ball series. Yeah. Well... Not that that's an excuse for how bad that? it is. Do you want to get into like whitewashing? Yeah, this is. I don't know. This you... might be the perfect movie to talk about that. Actually, <laughs> obviously, this isn't a direct adaptation of Dragon Ball. Yeah, you know, it's loosely based on it. This is a different version Way of it. Way too loosely. That's <laughs> the problem. This is like an American version, basically, of Dragon Ball. Like, but that's what people say is whitewashing, you right? Know? But it'd be different if it's like, all right, we're gonna take you know, literally Dragon Ball and like cast a white person in that role it, it's not the same like this is a different goku clearly so i think for me it depends on what the intention of the original content was right you know so there are a lot of examples as to like what we call something that, like oh this is whitewashed things that have been considered problematic now one is ghosts on the show and that's a movie that i really want to get into and because it we considered it a failed one they weren't they weren't going to make any more sequels they thought it was too problematic <laughs> it counts. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's uh you know it's an American main film based on a uh you know a Japanese manga, right? Right. So it counts. But they took the main character and they cast it as Scarlett Johansson. Right. And people are like, this is a Japanese thing. You should cast a Japanese person. And Japanese people were like, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like we don't care. We don't care. We're probably not gonna watch the movie. You do whatever you want. Like you bought the rights to it. Yeah. Do whatever. 
Like, yeah. make your movie. I think they're more understanding of that because they do that all the time. They take our stuff and they're like, we're going to make a Japanese version. And we're like, okay, we're going to take your stuff. We're going to make an American version. Right. You know? Well, it's a weird thing because it seems like, I don't want to say all the time, but a lot of the times when you hear like an outcry over something that's usually like racial or something to do with some community, it's not the people of that community that are the ones yeah. crying out. <laughs> yeah. It's usually white people. It's usually us <laughs> right it, it's like it's usually white americans yeah that are getting it's yeah. it's weird i don't like you don't i don't ha- get you it you don't have to get upset on other people's behalf let them be right let, let them be vocal about it if they choose to be it, and that's if they're even upset yeah so there are some times where i'm like yeah you shouldn't have casted that person right and we, and we talked about this there are times in we saw teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah they casted asian roles Right, mm-hmm. and they cast them with Asian people, but then they voiced them over with American voice actors. That's whitewashing. That is whitewashing because that person speaks English, and I know for at least two of those actors that they spoke English. Why not let them at least try? Like, were their accents that bad for you? You needed to have a white person fake an accent. Yeah. That seems not okay. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, like in the case of like this, like he's not trying to act like an Asian Goku. First off, Goku's an alien. From another planet. That, the, that's the other thing, yeah. And secondly, this on. movie has Asian roles played by Asian people. Yeah. I don't think any jobs were taken away from anybody because of this. And also, did you really want to be in this movie? <laughs> so for this one specifically, because I think it's all case by case, right? And I can I think, agree with that. Absolutely. I think that's what we're going to get into when we get into other movies that were adapted from anime and mangas. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, I think she's a robot. And that's why people are like, she's it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. she's a robot. She's not Japanese. And this, I get the impression from watching, you know, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z growing up that they are a very multicultural society. Again, this is a prehistoric yeah. society. It doesn't take place in Japan. It takes place on Earth. And they travel the whole planet, by the way. Yeah. And they meet all kinds of different people. Yep. And I always got the sense that it is a mix of cultures in this because I just watched three episodes and there's a lot of things that are drawn in English. I watched one in Japanese, like subbed, mm-hmm. right? When Bulma shows up, she has a shirt that says Bulma in English. She has a car that has things written in Japanese. But other people have things written in English. And I know, you know, maybe it's like, oh, we're going to sell this to Western markets anyway. So whatever. But at the same time, when you watch that, I very much get the sense that Bulma supposed to be American. Like a white American girl. I think she's a caricature of an American. Yeah. yeah. Because... It's 1984. She has a haircut, a hairdo that's very American 80s. <laughs> she has blue hair, which I think it's a, a thing of like, it's a cartoon. Right. But also, I think it's supposed to be blonde. Like, it's a cartoon version of, say, a blonde haircut, right? They're like, oh, it's dude. Eventually, hair. they kind of go all in with the blue, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's got the pigtail on the side of her head, which was the most American 80s hairdo there was at the time. When she meets Goku, she pulls out a gun, like a regular gun, not a futuristic, cool, whatever pistol, like a regular fucking pistol. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) one from today and starts shooting Goku. No questions asked. And when I see this, I'm like, look, I don't know what it was like back in the 80s because I was a baby. But at the same time or, or not alive at the same time, I feel like this is a caricature that they did of an American ignorant, obsessed with like TV drama. Yeah, because that's what the character of Bulma is. You know, she's not this super strong, independent woman that Emmy Rosam did. 
she's already American, so cast an American. Emmy Rosem. I don't think that's whitewashing at all. Her character's fucking American. Yeah. Right? And then Goku's an alien. So and Those it, are kind of the only two white characters in the movie. Right? Piccolo's played by an American. Well, but he's an alien, too. He's also he's an alien, and, so, you know, yeah. Fucking whatever. He's played by the guy that played uh, one of the vampires in Buffy. Yep. Spike. Um, James Marsters James or something? James Marsters, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, when it's like that, again, the story is supposed to be that way. And I think they said, well, let's cast basically everyone else Asian, and they did. Chi-Chi's Asian, and Chi-Chi looks Asian in the co- in the cartoon. Yeah. I think she's supposed to be, like, straight Japanese, you right. know? And Yamcha, they casted him Asian, and that's maybe debatable what what he's supposed to be. He just looks like a person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Very, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to tell, but, like, they're like, all right, when in doubt, let's go with Asian. Master Roshi and yeah. uh, Gohan, who are the martial arts, like, masters, that makes sense. Go they got Chow Yun Fat. They got Chow Yun Fat. And the other Ooh, one. Why did he agree to do this movie? That's a good question. Probably some money. <laughs> uh, he's like a Hong Kong superstar. And then uh, the director is Asian, too. So you can make cases for whitewashing in a few things. This movie isn't one of them. Still not going to defend this movie. It's shitty. But you, can, you can't get problem. upset at this movie for whitewashing no, or anything like that. I don't think like that's a problem here. Yeah. So other things. I feel like this film has no stakes because everyone seems to have the power to do the thing that they need to do when they need to do it. Like mm-hmm. Master Roshi's like, oh, I have the Kamehameha wave. I'm just going to bring him back to life. Okay. Goku can see the future when he holds a Dragon Ball. Okay. Like, when he wants to just beat the guy, he just does. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the anime... Because the plot told him. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Not enough people died. We talked about this. Like, the stakes, they don't feel like they're there. And then when you have the plot device to bring people back to life, you should have killed everybody. You should have at least killed more people because then there would be more tension, right? And you still have your cop out with the dragon balls. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, at one point, Yamcha decides to, like, sacrifice himself. In a matter of minutes, he com- turns into a completely different character. Now, in the source material, he does become a good guy. And yeah. he's very reliable. And he goes through the whole is character he reliable? development. He... I don't know. He he has character development is what I'm saying. <laughs> that took years, multiple seasons. You yeah. know, not a couple minutes. Now he's the best guy or whatever. Yeah. But my point is, kill him. Why not kill him? <laughs> he, he wants to sacrifice himself. Okay, let him. He gets murdered. You can get to bring him back anyway. At least you create one minute of like drama. Yeah, you can get an awkward uh, exchange between him and Goku. He's like, "Sorry, I killed you, man." Sure. Yeah. Get a little gag out of it because there's no humor in this movie, like at all. No, it's not fun. It's, it's like a some places boring in the middle. road trip movie. Yeah, some place in the middle can be kind of fun. Again, they tease <laughs> a wear ape the whole movie, and then when it finally happens, he's just like an inch taller than Goku. Yeah, like he's still like human sized. Yeah. And he doesn't do that much. He just chokes Master Roshi. Just to be clear, in the anime, when he sees the full moon, he turns into like a King Kong size monster. He's like 100 feet tall and he starts destroying everything in his path. It's implied he accidentally killed his grandfather. Exactly. All this. Yeah. Like these Saiyans, when they turn into like giant apes, they're huge. They're unstoppable. They destroy everything. That's what I think a lot of people were like, all right, well, at least we've got that coming up. And then he's like six feet tall. I think there's a point in uh, near the start of Z where Vegeta turns into the giant ape. And I think his armor grows with him. Yeah, but that's special armor, though. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember. It's stretchy armor. That's uh, how they put it on. They stretch it's, it. It's stretchy. It's designed for Saiyans. This reminds me a lot of Justice League, where it tries to do a lot, but it's edited so fast that it just nothing lands. 
you know? Yeah. The overall pacing is so, so, so fast that you want to make a romantic tension between Goku and Chi-Chi. Not mm. enough time, even though they had the most screen time. Yeah. You want to make another one with Bulma and Yamcha. Not enough time. Not enough time. It was one scene. Yeah. You want some more tension with Gohan and Goku. Just not enough time. There's not enough time for anything. There's definitely not enough time to develop the villain. <laughs> Piccolo has so little screen time that we're just like, oh, he's a bad guy. Why? Because that's what bad guys do. Because they destroy is. stuff. That's why. No explanation. And like to, to your point, they never explain where he came from, how he escaped, or what his motivations are. And then when we analyze the plot, his motivations don't make any sense. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know why his hair gets extra spiky towards the end. And it looks really bad. <laughs> is it because like they're trying to make they're him look more like... They're trying to do Goku hair, which is so stupid. Because I remember when this was getting made, people were like, oh, how are they going to do the hair? They're not. Because that's a fucking drawing. Because that's you can't why. do hair like that without it looking stupid. Yeah, that's a drawing. So you yeah. have to think, what would this look like in real life? Oh, he has big, bushy yeah. hair. And there was sort of a gag um, at the beginning of the movie before he goes to the party. Gel, he puts yeah. on hair gel and then his hair just rejects the gel. Yeah, just, and it just stays the way it is. In fairness, similar things happen in the show where they cut his hair and it just grows back. Yeah. And it looks like identical. They try to comb it back. It just. I grows think the idea the is that he just has like unruly hair. Yeah. But it doesn't literally have to look like spikes and stuff. The only reason they sort of get away with it is because it's the year 2009 and everyone has big spiky hair at the time. That's it. Not as much as early 2000s, but yeah, a little bit still at the time. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't look that out of place for most of the movie. It's only during... In the third act when they put his gi on... Then then he just looks weird. They spiked it with more gel at that point and he looks really weird. They made it look... They went too far. They went too far. That's why it looks like that in the um, poster. Yeah. But throughout the movie, his hair was fine. Even when he was, like, upset that his hair, like, rejected the gel and, like, shot it out. Like, his hair looked fine. Yeah. He looked like a regular cool kid, which I don't get why he was that's getting bullied. That's what I'm bullied. saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has too cool hair to be bullied. Let's be for real. So, I think that's all I got on analysis. Yeah. What about you? How about you the done? same? Keep or cancel. <laughs> We're doing keep or cancel. This is a segment of the show where we go through people in the movie and we decide if we're going to keep them or we're going to cancel them. That's mostly it, right? You ready? Yeah. Who do you want to do first? Do you want to do... I've got here Justin Chatwin, Emmy Rosum. Is it Rossum? I don't know if it's Rossum or Rosum. I've never heard her last name said. Me neither. I'm going to assume it's Rossum. Spoken. And Chow Young Fat. Uh, We could just start from the top with Justin Chatwin. Okay. Let's see. Justin Chatwin, he was started with Josie and the Pussycats. The old one? No, no, no. The one from the 2000s. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A funny movie in premise, but then the, it kind of falls apart. I watched it like well, a yeah. few months ago, by the way. Most things based on Archie comics kind of end up like that. Okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> but they went like pretty crazy with the premise. I like it for the most part. But yeah, it kind of like starts derailing. I, I think I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I liked it when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, which is widely considered like one of the worst movies ever made. I think I saw the first one when I was actually a kid. I think I've seen them both. I don't think I've seen the second one. He just plays a small part in there. I want to. I have no idea. I want to say <laughs> Super Babies 2, because there was Baby Geniuses, and then the sequel, I think, is Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, okay. where they're like super spies on top of already being like yeah. smart babies. And it's like just babies crawling around with like being voiced over. Mm-hmm. Weird concept for a movie. I come from a small town, so I, like, as a kid, see movies by myself. Like, my mom would put me in the theater and then leave for. <laughs> 
you know, an hour and a half and then come back and get me. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> so want to just watch movies. I just watch movies like by myself at like eight years old. And I want to say Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 was one of those. Okay. War of the Worlds. The Tom Cruise one? The Tom, he's the Tom Cruise kid. He's, oh, shit. With the baseball hat. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is like, why don't you like me? And Justin Chapman's like, because you're shit dad and you're a shit person. <laughs> that's why. Shit dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that movie very well. I remember not liking it. I think a lot of people didn't like it. And I remember the the criticism that like it's nowhere near as good as the original. It's just kind of like a CGI fest. Yeah. And then has a recurring role in Shameless. That's probably what he's most famous for yeah. is his role in Shameless. So you've seen Shameless, right? No, yeah. I have not. I like his character in it. A lot of people are kind of mixed on his character. Like there's people that love his character and people that hate it. Okay. But he, I, mean, he, I think he does a good job in it. Much better than he did in this movie. <laughs> Fair. Shameless is the one with... Uh, William... William H. Macy. Yep. Yes. Thank you. William H. Macy, yeah. And it's funny seeing him in that show because he usually plays like like a stand-up guy in a lot of his movies. Yeah. And he's, he's like fucked in this he's show, He's an right? absolute piece of shit in this show. It's and not... he plays it really well. All the seasons except the last one are on Netflix if you wanted to start oh, are they watching really? that. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty good, like drama slash comedy show you might, might try i've heard good things he was in an episode of lost that's kind of one thing i remember him from <laughs> uh one of the flashback parts so not a reoccurring role he just had like a one-off oh, okay so he, he's not on the island he was no, like in the he was path in a, yeah he was flashback. in a flashback he was one of one of Locke's flashbacks okay yeah good show i love that show <laughs> he's in an upcoming movie called die in a gunfight which is a romeo and juliet adaptation die in a gunfight yeah hmm. it's like another modern twist on romeo and juliet of which we've had a million right most famously like the one from 95 which is with um leonardo dicaprio okay yeah, yeah. you ever I, see that one trying to remember was it just called romeo and juliet it's just called romeo oh, okay and juliet. yeah okay i haven't seen that but i know what you're talking about so overall it just seems like a i don't know how to put this nicely because i'm not an actor but just kind of like a middling like yeah no <laughs> like he's not like a what's the, he's not a superstar or he's anything not, like it doesn't that look no. like he's gonna like take off anytime no, soon no he just he just acts just fine yeah i guess not every actor is robert downey jr sure if he had not been like the headliner of this movie i'd be like i don't even want to talk about him you know what i mean <laughs> like it's like what do you say really about him it seems like he's kind of like just on the fence for me of like right like he's not for cancel it's like right there like <laughs> do i want to see more of this kid man a little older than me probably <laughs> like <laughs> you're like eh, may maybe i'm cool with him but I only really know him from Shameless, and I was always really hoping his character would come back. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him, but maybe a better role. He's not a starring role kind of guy. I'll, I'll give you that. So, eh, I'll, I'll keep him. He's cool. I'm, I'm like, I, like, neither. Like, I don't care. <laughs> just insignificant. <laughs> so, sure. Let's go keep. Let's just move on. Emmy <laughs> Rossum. Also uh, a lead in Shameless. Yes. Right? Yep, and the love interest of Justin Chatwin for a little bit. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Oh, look at that. I'm, She's I've like one of the it. main characters. She's like the older sister of the family, like just kind of keeping the family together. Okay. It's like the older sister, but kind of plays the role of mom. She does great in that show. I know she, the first thing I ever saw her in was in a Disney Channel original movie when I was a kid. What movie? I think it was called, it's just called Genius. It was oh. about like some really <laughs> smart kid. Basically, she is the girl that he kind of falls for at the school that he goes to. Okay. I've loved her ever since I was a kid. Okay. She was in Mystic River. She did some some uh, like earlier acting, like some child stuff. 
Have you seen Mystic River? I have not. One of my favorite movies. Oh, really? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's by uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, he... Uh, Am I thinking about the right movie? I he, am thinking about the right movie, but I don't think this is like one of my favorite movies, actually. He was I in need, it, or he directed I need it? A, he, he directed it. Okay. I need to rewatch this, actually. It stars like three friends, like three childhood friends that like went through some shit when they were younger, and then they grow up, and they're kind of like fucked because of it. Oh, Kevin And then Bacon's one of them... It. Yeah, it's Kevin Bacon, Sean Penn, and Tim Robbins. And then one of them is like suspected of committing a crime, and the other one's like the detective. Oh, it's a whole okay. thing. It's really good. It sounds interesting. Yeah. And then Phantom of the Opera, that was kind of like her big breakthrough role. Yeah, she, she, was the lead. she has a really good voice. So after Phantom of the Opera, uh, she was like offered like record deals. And so she like has a couple like So she's albums. like, all right. Like she, she has a minor singing career. Okay. Does she do any theater stuff? I feel like. Why are you asking me questions? I don't, I'm not writing it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any theater. I see okay. film and TV. When it comes to Shameless, she eventually, like she fought to get better pay on Shameless and was like got the support of even like William H. Macy, so she was like on like equal pay with him on that show. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. I also know she was in the day after tomorrow with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write that down because I'm like, that movie sucks. <laughs> not a good movie, but not good. So seems like a good actor that just you know just wasn't given anything to do really. And could have done maybe a lot better with a better role for Bulma, but I think she might be one of the better casted actors yeah. in this. You know what I'm saying? Like I like actor against uh, role. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think she kind of matches that role a little bit better. Yeah. And I, I'm definitely keeping her because I love her. I've always loved her. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep. I, I've yeah. got stronger opinions for her. <laughs> and then Chow Young Fat. Who's probably the, was he the top build actor in this movie? He probably should be. He should be because I think he's the most popular in most seasoned one. Yeah. He's the second richest actor in Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, he is worth around seven hundred million dollars, American. <laughs> By wow, the way. not Hong Kong, <laughs> Holy American. Shit. So a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Let me verify that because that sounds like a lot. That sounds like almost too much. Yeah, five point six billion Hong Kong dollars. Damn. That translates to seven hundred fourteen million. Okay, uh, so US he, dollars. he's got a lot of money. He's got almost three quarters of a billion. He didn't need to do this movie. Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's got, he's got like 95 film credits. Like he's an actor. Like he yeah. likes doing this. He is a frequent actor for John Woo. And together they pioneered the genre of heroic bloodshed, which is like Chinese crime action. And also colloquially, gung fu. Uh, so it's the two-handed pistol gun. Oh, it's so like like akimbo wielding. Just yeah, da, 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 da. bang, 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 bang. <laughs> okay, a lot of John Woo stuff is right. yeah, yeah. That's really fun action stuff to watch. Sure, yeah. And they made I I lost count. I started counting like how many movies they made together. A shit. Ton. Um, a shit ton. <laughs> uh, mostly Hong Kong movies uh, like A Better Tomorrow, City on Fire, The Killer. City on Fire is. Part of the inspiration for Reservoir Dogs, which is like oh. one of the first movies that Tarantino made. Okay. Um, moved to Hollywood, but little success. Like couldn't really replicate the same kind of like action. Again, like people want different things, like different people. Right. Th- those, those type of movies aren't made too often here yeah. in the States. Yeah, exactly. So didn't have a whole lot of success until Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But that's obviously kind of like an outlier in terms of like big Western eastern style yeah that that movie movies, became very you know? popular yeah and then bulletproof also monk. bulletproof monk have you seen that movie i have is it good i enjoyed it yeah okay. <laughs> uh and then he was the pirate captain sal feng in pirates of the caribbean at world's end all right but he was omitted from the chinese release because he's from hong it. kong 
No, right? no, no, because they thought that uh, the pirate captain was too. Oh, it was just not like respectful enough to like Chinese culture and didn't make them look good. And they're super fickle he about what they cool. allow. Yeah, he was badass. He's Chinese, <laughs> like they're not allowed to look cool. All right. Yeah. More recently, he was in a movie called The Monkey King, which is also based on Journey to the West. Well, the same thing this movie is based on, Dragon Ball. Hmm. And also, yeah, what you're alluding to, he supports the Umbrella Movement, which is like the civil rights movement uh, for universal suffrage of Hong Kong. Which is a huge problem right now. Right, exactly. It's their, well, at the time, it was more just kind of like, because this was back in 2014, it's just kind of their voting rights, the right to be heard right. um, when it comes to like their own decisions, when it comes to China. And now they're fighting more for like, independence <laughs> yeah which they're not getting <laughs> no and i hope things get better over there sure so really like i said other than you know crouching tiger hidden dragon um pirates of the caribbean and this haven't really seen a lot of chai on fat i didn't really watch a lot of john woo movies okay. you know growing up or anything like that so um just from what i see here i'm like yeah dude this guy's this guy's yeah. awesome yeah he's kind of badass yeah super yeah. badass I'm kind of curious as like how much his action career is going to continue. He's you know, getting old, like, <laughs> like his age now. <laughs> yeah. uh, it reminded me there was a a soundbite or an article with Liam Neeson, who was like, who does like any film role. Well, basically, he was you know his agent said, "Here's another action movie." He goes, "Do they know how old I am? Are they serious right now?" <laughs> like he's been doing like action roles for like the better part of twenty years now. Yeah. So, yeah, super keep. Oh, yeah, like definitely. He's He might be the most badass person in this movie. And it's like I was saying before, like, the cast for this movie... I don't know if I said this before, actually, but I was thinking it. The cast for this movie is not bad, but the movie is fucking terrible. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what more could the cast have done? Yeah. Know? So, all right. That pretty much covers it for Keep or Cancel. Final thoughts, Phantom Zone on Dragon Ball Evolution. This movie is pretty much all around awful yeah like there was a couple things i liked about it but nowhere near enough to give this any sort of saving grace mm-hmm. phantom zone for me definitely like there's just this movie didn't need to exist i'm a little upset that it exists yeah and it's not fun it's a boring movie yep just like electra like it was just boring to watch yep i'm not sure if this is worse than electra or not they're very close for me i think it's pretty bad i don't think this is the worst one but i think it's pretty bad yeah, I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> there was three things I liked. I thought the the gi looked good. Yeah. Then again, it's a costume that's based on a real thing. So how hard is it to like nail? You know what I mean? All you had to do was make a real gi. It's not like they're doing a Captain America or an Iron Man or anything like that. This movie doesn't need to exist because I don't think you can adapt Dragon Ball. And that's a new thought I'm having now. Like I said earlier, <laughs> I thought surely there's a way to adapt anything. And now the more I think about it, I'm like, can you actually like, maybe not. adapt this? Or should you? That's the other thing. Should you adapt this without robbing it of what makes it great? You know, we talk a lot about Avatar because we're huge Avatar fans. Do you think you can make an Avatar movie? Honestly. Movie? No. Series? Yes. Yes. Because it's a and long if you, if story. If you're going to do a movie, it'd have to be like just a new story. It, you can't take book one and turn it into a movie. That's not ever going to happen in right. a way that that's good. Yeah, because we've just, already seen it done. Exactly. It's yeah. just too much content. This try to take five seasons of a TV show and just cram it into an hour 20. That is impossible. not only impossible, it's irresponsible and it's disrespectful to the source material. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you took it to Pawn Stars and they're like, best I can do is give you an hour 20. Just the worst thing ever. You it's know like, what I mean? All right, I'll do it. I feel like you almost could make a movie here if you did it either peel off. He sucks. 
if you do just like Red Ribbon Army and then made another one with Piccolo, and you said, okay, two Dragon Ball movies, now we're going to make maybe like three Dragon Ball Z movies. Especially since the Red Ribbon Army and Piccolo kind of bleed over into Dragon Ball Z also, those plot points. At y- least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd have a lot there. And this is coming out around the same time as like towards the end of Harry Potter, right? And Harry Close Potter... to it, yeah. Here's the thing about Harry Potter too. I should have mentioned this earlier, but whatever. Final thoughts. At first, they wanted to make one movie that encapsulated four books. That would I don't know if you know awful. this. I did not know because that. Because they're like, what are we going to do? Make seven movies? Yes, you First are. off, do you know how much money that would exactly. be? Exactly. They didn't realize that at the time. They're like, all right, can you compact four books into one movie? Why would you ever do And everyone that? involved was like, absolutely not. Let's just do the first book. If you like it, then we'll make more. Yeah. Right? But my point is... They had so much material set up for them. They had seven books that they could milk out into seven hugely. And they wanted to rush it. Right. Hugely like profitable films that ended up being eight and now some spinoff stuff, right? With the uh, right. beasts or whatever. Which was based on a reference book. Exactly. So when you look at the most successful manga and anime of all time and you say, can we just make two movies here? Just make one Dragon Ball and one Dragon Ball Z movie? Like, what are you doing? You're thinking too small. It's too small. <laughs> too small. What's that invincible meme? <laughs> think, Mark. Think. think. <laughs> like you could make five movies on Dragon Ball. Eight movies on Dragon Ball. See, there's so and if much you make material them good here. movies, people will watch them Obviously, and you'll make money. There's a huge fan base here. Now, I keep going back to the same point. I don't think you can make this a movie. But if you tried, you could. Maybe if you fair. made it a series of movies? Sure. Sure. I think TV series is where it's at. But look, I think there's, there's some better storytelling. But why, why try to skip five seasons of a great TV show into one movie? That's a mistake from the beginning. And they should have thought more about... What Lord of the Rings did, what Harry Potter did, is that milk out these books for all they're worth. It's a slight to anyone who's ever liked Dragon Ball. It is a slap in the face. They ignored all the source material in order to adapt other things. Like we said, there's fragments of Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars even, Avatar. There's too many other things that they're trying to incorporate while ignoring the biggest source material ever, Dragon Ball. The one that it's based on. The, just You had such good material to work with. Again, the only thing I liked about this movie, it got silly for a minute, which is good. Futuristic aspects. Uh, that one costume was nice. Everything yep. else blows. <laughs> yeah. It's like basically costumes were good. Props were good. Mm. That's yeah. about it. And there was <laughs> I, one silly scene. I liked when they hold the Dragon Ball. It's kind of cloudy and the stars move. I thought that was interesting. The Dragon Balls look cool. I thought that was a good live action interpretation of the Dragon Balls. That's it. Everything else sucks. So uh, this is in the <laughs> Phantom Zone. This was horrible for me. Yeah. Didn't like it at all. So that's it. Birdo, what are we watching next week? Uh, we don't know yet. Surprise me. What do you... <laughs> Just pick a movie? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Last I saw it was available on Netflix. Not available. No, no it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix Hell right yeah. now. Hell yeah. Okay, so that's on Netflix. We're going to do that next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Guys, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and whatever other podcast app you can do ratings and review. That probably helps us. Algorithms, right? Yeah. Uh, please make sure to tell a friend. And if you have told a friend, thank you so much for telling that friend. Berto, you told a friend. Did you tell him? Or did I he did. Show up? He probably saw it on my Instagram because he, he was like, wow, I didn't know you do a podcast. I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, cool. Sweet. And he popped in for a minute. Guys, yeah. by the way, we're referring to someone on Twitch. We record all these episodes live, so you can come with us on Twitch on most Monday nights recording this show, uh, and you can be a part of it. 
You have an opinion you want to throw at us? Here's your story. Shut up. Why are you touching it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you want to be a part of this show? You want to comment on stuff and be in the actual episode, maybe? Then, hey, come hang out with us on Twitch. Give us your opinions on Dragon Ball, on Scott Pilgrim. And all these episodes are also available on YouTube. After the fact. After they're nicely recorded and they're done. They're on YouTube. If that's how you like to listen to podcasts. That's just remember, it's not an actual video. It's, I mean, it's just the audio with like a still image. Exactly. It'd be like just listening to a podcast it's on YouTube. Just a podcast. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone, and you can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. If you want to argue with us, if you are yelling at your phone right now at some stupid shit we said, hey, hold us accountable on Twitter. If you think the movie is whitewashing, let us know. And if you like the show and you want to support it, hey, you can subs- you can subscribe on Patreon. We're on Patreon, Films from PZ there's nothing there right now we're figuring that out but you know stuff costs money so if that's out of the goodness of your own heart you want to help us out and that's where you would do that that's kind of it right Bert, yeah that's you got nothing i got nothing else to add to okay, that cool so uh i've been arnaldo i've got Berto here with me we will come back next week with scott program versus the world on netflix and we will see you next week bye bye guys